0: bye week. you know it's it's been a, a season where I thought we'd be 11 and six. I've said that a million times and uh, here we are at three and 10. it's the bye week and there's nothing to talk about this week with the game. So uh, tonight we're not gonna have Dan on the show and we're not gonna have Cliff on the show either because there's no Cliff notes to be had for a game that wasn't played. But we do have a very special surprise coming up in just a second and we're going to break down free agency. we're going to first we're going to talk about the Bears players individually uh highs and lows of the season we're going to get into free agency then we're going to get into I should say Bears free agency and then NFL free agency and then the draft so Kitty let's kick this shit off
1: Where is it? It's in your mad game, your home, your car, your local bar. your city, state, it's across the world, it's in your heart, and it's here, the Bears Country
0: Podcast. Welcome to Bears Country Podcast on the Barroom Network. It's a bye week. I know that everyone is kind of down, probably licking their wounds from the season. And so we thank you very much for joining us. Tonight, we, we're we not going to be joined with Dan Aguirre and Cliff Victoria. We have kind of a special guest that we're bringing on tonight. And we're going to talk about uh, the entire team, player by player. And we're going to give them a grade. Then we're going to go through the Bears' free agency, what players are going to be coming up in free agency from the Bears, and then the free agency in the NFL, who's available to take the positions that we might need. And so we'll kind of have some interaction with you and the fans. We want to know what you guys think, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. From there, we're going to we'll take the draft on, and we'll see. Just we'll just kind of talk about. It, there's a lot of speculation, so you can't really talk about the draft right now. But there's enough players that have announced they're coming out that we can at least have some fun with it. On a domine. So tonight, our guest is Nomad.
2: Nomad, how are you doing, my friend? Man, I almost forgot we were in the bar room, man. So I had to slip out for a second and run and get some goddamn booze. So <laughs> I'm ready to go, man. Let's have let's let's take this shit to another level, man. Let's go All ahead right. and give people what they're looking for.
0: I've got my wine. Our friends got us these, uh, like, a 25-pack bottle of wine, kind of like the little chocolate thing you use to open for Christmas. We, you know, the countdown days up the days of Christmas. You, go, you open it and pull out your little piece of chocolate. And this one has wine bottles in it. And I'm not going to lie. We kind of got behind. So we've been catching up tonight. Nomad, great to have you back on the show. And um, – Let's talk
2: some bears, man. Good to be back on, man. Which, how do you want to start this thing, man? Where you want to go first? Dude, I want to know what's... We haven't talked the entire season.
0: So I want to know, like, other than Twitter, I want to know what what's your highest moment of the season and what's your lowest moment of the season. We'll, we'll start with the
2: highest. You know, the highest is... A, uh, it's, I was caught up so when you said that to me before in our uh, hey. pre-production. I was, I was kind of... I got two things, man. One of them is <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh <laughs> Justin almost sent Deshaun Elliott to the pearly Gates and shit. He bodied that motherfucker on that touchdown run in Detroit. I thought he died. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, but that that one, that one, but I think the most encouraging thing that happened in the season, I didn't see, I heard it was that story about uh Justin taking and falling on the sword for the team, and they stopped him. You're like, no, nah, hell no, nah, bro. You you good. We got you. Don't even worry about it. That right there signaled and told me a lot about where this thing is going and how they feel about him and what is the potential moving forward. When you got the quarterback that everybody rallies around, the veterans, everybody, you're cooking in grease right there. You're damn right, man. I, that's an
0: excellent, like uh, – for you to pick that is I kind of forgot about that because mine is different than that, but that is an amazing point to make is that is really the highlight of the season. When you're talking about when this team really truly, you know, absolved uh, Justin Fields into being their leader, like Justin Fields is the leader. And when he came out and said that, and the defense was like, no, 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 stop right there. That is, right there says it all about our quarterback. And for the first time, my cousin said this for the first time we have, we have a quarterback who is not having his confidence destroyed by the national media. And that goes a long way when you're saying, you know, Rex Grossman was the talk of the league in 2006. He was in the first seven games. He was the MVP candidate, candidate. And then that, that Monday night game against the Cardinals where everything just fell apart and then it you know the small hands thing came out and then the confidence got broken from there and then you know we don't, we all know what happened and now here we are with Justin Fields and this the national media and the local media everyone is eating crow and we've talked about this from the beginning of our shows on Bears Country podcast that they were going to eat crow and here they are and it's just fucking awesome to see because we have our guy moving forward. And now we can actually move forward with
2: plans around him. And it's so refreshing. You know what's funny is to think about the uh, some of our first few podcasts. And we were, we were talking about that stuff heavily. And um, and it's just, it's I haven't gone back and watched them. But I know what we were talking about in those shows. And, and it's just ironic how we were batting down all the negativity. Oh, we don't know yet. You're not sure we need to go out. And now look where we are. Right. Not only do we have the quarterback that we've been waiting for for 40-something years, he's a fucking warrior. I mean, an absolute warrior. You're and right. They know it. His teammates know it. And they, they, are not, they were not going to let him fall on that sword and take responsibility for everything. They just appreciated the fact that he was willing to.
0: They could see it from game one. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit here because – Uh, As we get into the show, I want to show some game one, uh, all 22 plays of the offensive line as opposed to Justin Fields, and then the final game that we just watched against the Packers, all 22 offensive line as it uh, opposes to Justin Fields. So we'll get into that in a little bit. And, you know, they, they have rallied around him from game one and all the way, the slide. From that moment on, like that game on, they've rallied around this guy, and it's proven to be what we all thought it was. I mean, I know, Nomad, you and I both called 11 and 6. Right. We were both wrong. Right. But it almost feels like we're not, right? It almost feels like we're 11 and 6 in a way because we have those moral victories from what we have gotten from Justin Fields.
2: I mean, it's not like 11 and 6 wasn't um, possible during the season. No, we did not get those close wins. We lost those games. And 11 and 6s it flew out of the water pretty quick. But damn sure could have been. I mean, in a way, thinking about it now, looking back at it all, I'm kind of glad it happened. I'm kind of glad that it happened because um, it's a lot of things I can get into detail-wise. You, you learn a lot about a team when you lose them. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot about a team when you're winning, but more so than, than anything when you're losing. And do mm-hmm. your guys stick together? Do you have the uh, the glue people in your locker room to keep them together? And to me, and I know you probably feel the same way, if you could say nothing about this team and this season, they don't fucking quit. They don't quit. They don't give up on each other. You not ain't nobody going out there and getting their ass kicked all over the field. I mean, no. nobody's just blowing us out, and so what no. that's going to turn into next year is we're probably more than likely going to be dominant in those situations and win those games.
0: Mhm.
2: I agree. That's that kind of
0: leads us into this next segment that I want to do, which is the the breakdown of every player on the on the team. Just kind of give them like a quick grade. If we go across the board, right? So if we start with uh, left tackle, let's just start with offensive left tackle. What's your grade on Braxton Jones from an A to an F?
2: Got to give him a B plus.
0: I'm going to write all this down, too. I I forgot to get a paper ready.
2: Yeah, you you, got to give him a B plus because, I mean, you really, if you want to be really critical about Braxton Jones, other than the bull rush, where could you be? really critical of him about maybe it's some of his uh his email he had a lot of undisciplined plays so far this year. I ain't gonna say a lot, but a handful of, you know, holds, a few uh offside penalties. But other than that, man, Braxton Jones is technically he, he's damn near veteran, technically, the way he plays. He learns from the things that people are telling him, the mistakes he's making on the field. His problem is and it's a big problem don't overlook it like it's a small thing no it's a big deal that he can't anchor well on a bull rush so a heavier guy you you 280 290 300 3, 310 guys are going to drive him backwards right and that's going to be that's the issue that we're going to get into later on in the show as to the reasons why i i think it's possible it's a possibility they may not be 100 sold on braxton <clears throat>
0: Even though you gave him a B-plus as a rookie. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I'm i going to give Braxton Jones a – for a rookie, I'm going to give him a B-plus too. I, I like that. I agree with that. I mean, for a rookie to come in at left tackle, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but he is a little bit lean in the lower body. You know, um, some people put on the weight in the ass. Some people put on the weight in the top. And we'll see if if he can put on the weight in the ass that he needs uh, moving forward, because I think that's what takes him from a B plus
2: to an A plus, right? Or even into an A category, is the lower body strength. I mean, there have been guys that there are guys in the league right now that have that were able to strengthen their uh, core lower body, and I gave you the comp last week, and that was um, Trent Williams, exact, exact same body type. Exact same Mm -hmm. body type. He's got he's got sticks for legs almost, but he's a little bit thicker in the thigh than Braxton Jones. Exactly like Braxton Jones, right? And he does a hell of a job. So,
0: so we'll get into that in a minute. So, uh, moving on to left guard, what do you grade Cody Whitehair so far on the season at left guard? I mean, I know he missed four
2: games. If you, we let's just talk about him in particular. I got to give him a B plus two. I mean, he's he's not giving up pressures. He's not giving up sacks. He's not getting silly, undisciplined penalties or anything like that. I almost want to give him an A. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a tough grader when it comes to that. You got to be getting ready to head into the Pro Bowl and get an A from me. So I'm
0: going to give Cody Whitehair an A minus from good. what he's done on the season. Because that's I, I think he's – I think he's proven to be a, a solid veteran his entire career. And when he was out, you clearly saw that he was out. And when he was back, you clearly saw that he was back. So for me, that at least puts him in the A category. Uh, let's move on now to Sam Mustafer. What do you think about Sam?
2: I'm giving him a C+. Plus. A C+. Plus. Give him a C plus Sam Mustafer is. Um, and I know, and I said this last time, he's everybody's favorite target. It's easy to pick on him. It's it's. And if you watch Sam Mustapher, t- his tape, if you watch enough of it, what you I tell you, what you won't find is if a really heavy, if it's not a really heavy defensive tackle, let's say like Dexter Lawrence or somebody of that nature uh um, Sam Mustafer does a pretty good job keeping him off up. Of. But when it's a heavy guy like that, you I don't give a damn who you are. Almost every center in the league is gonna need help with a guy like Dexter Lawrence. He's just that big and that strong. You right. know, other than that, you know, I think some of his past sets, man, dude. I mean, that's that's really the only criticism I got of uh of Sam Mustafer. Man, he's and he just seemed like he's just getting better to me. He yeah. is yeah go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say like in the beginning if, if this was if the bye week was after seven games, I would have said he was a, a C minus or a D plus. but I mean I think that I'm willing to give him a like a B minus grading just for the way that he's developed within the system. And he has progressed and gotten better through it. I mean, he – he, this last game, we're going to kind of get into that a little bit later. We're going to show the first game, some some clips from the first game, all 22, and some clips from the last game, all 22. And we'll kind of be able to talk about, you know, Sam Mustafer in that realm and some of the other players that we're talking about too. And that will kind of give us a grade from, from the first to the final game that we just watched, I think – There's so many clips you can take. It's just it's too much work. So just to take a couple of clips from the first game to the to this game, I think will be enough to kind of put the or take some doubt out of the out of fans' minds that Sam Mustafer is not really a problem like we thought he was. He's something that I think we can by the way, his contract is up. We'll get into that too. So you know his development over the course of the season, I think, has been um noteworthy and I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a B minus dude just because of of where he went from the fan base's perspective to now and I think that's worthy of him getting a B minus grade in my opinion for for right now. I mean shoot me or not but
2: not in real life but you know just something right quick please Cornelius squalls in there man he, he's i i mean he's a he's a real deal bears fan right there he's diehard. hard i i've I talked to him in almost seemed like 20 chats i always talk to Cornelius. and um i'll tell you why same, same here <laughs> i'll tell you why they didn't turn the Deter. It's because center is a more more of a cerebral game than than people give credit to it could be I mean, just if you listen to, if you listen, I don't know if you had time to listen to um, w- what uh, Sam Mussefer had to say in his uh, press today, but it's a lot going on at that line of scrimmage that needs to be adjusted to, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they've given Dieter some run at practice. I want to fucking see D- Dieter on the field, but it's, pro- it's probably a good reason why he's not. It's probably right. a pretty good reason why he's not, and right. you have to be able to adjust uh, protections at the line of scrimmage if, if, let's just say, Justin didn't spot something, you have to stop and reset every. Right. It's, it's a lot that goes on at that line of scrimmage. And Dieter has only been playing football for, uh, let me see, three years, years. college yeah. and yeah. three years now in the pros. So, I mean, that's, that's not right. a hell of a lot of football. So I'm not saying Dieter can't get to that point. I'm saying I'm pretty sure they think he's not at that point right now. But I like how
0: Cornelius ends it, but Mustafer has gotten better. Because you're right, yeah. he has. Yeah. I mean, that ad, that's the reason why. Mustafer has gotten better, along with probably exactly what you just said. Say Nami. Don't understand all the musty, all the Mustafer, all the musty fee hate. Mustafer hate, I'm sure you meant to say. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's true. I mean, he's had some bad moments, but Yeah, yeah. Overall, when you're talking about an undrafted free agent, this guy has given every fucking thing that he has to this team. And what's up, Foster Covers? And if you can't appreciate everything that he has given to this team and then look at the improvement he has made over the course of time that he has been on this team, then you're just a hater. I think that we all need to have some appreciation for what Sam has done for the Bears and his – his career with them, because now his, we'll get into it later. His he's a free agent. So what do you do? We'll get into that in a little
2: bit. But I, I think what, that it, it works some conversation. You know what, man? This is what could happen. Every all the all the signals I keep hearing out of House Hall and people talking about Sam. I'm talking about the coaches. You know, everybody talks about Sam and they can't get enough of the dude. And Sam right. you got to remember Sam Mustafer has only been in the league a few years. And the previous coaching staff was the, they felt the same way. And he, and look at this. he's still here, he's still improving. You guys going to fuck around and run that guy out of town and he's going to fuck around and be a pro bowler on somebody else's team. <laughs> at least for right now, we can keep exactly. him here and be a good qualified backup and see what what Lucas Patrick has to bring to the table because And did, if he, he, free good Exactly.
0: Look- Exactly. If if he gets injured again next year, at least we
2: have, at least we know what we have in Sam, right? The man of steel, the dude is always available. Never hurt. Let me knock on wood. I don't, I mean, I, you know, he has no bad plays where he gets knocked out of the way or thrown off, off balance and gets Justin Stacks, man. You know, he's, he's, he's young and learning just like everybody else, but I like what I'm seeing. I. Mm -hmm. He's way more of a plus to me than he is a minus. And i I may I, not be in the majority with that. I agree with you hundred percent on that, Nomad. Let's move on to
0: right guard. Oh, so <laughs> do we even... <laughs> Yeah just or what oh, what what a what kind of an A is it? Is it is an A minus,
2: an A plus, an A. A minus only because he he's he missed some time and wasn't available. Only because of that. He, he might, he got uh, you could tell his back is kind of still bothering him slightly because he got he kind of got folded a couple times last week. Did you see those plays when he got kind of knocked over? No, surprisingly, because I went
0: through all the tape for to make videos. I, I'll have to look at that again, but I did not see that, guys. What do you guys think? What is a, a to f? What is uh, Tevin Jenkins at right guard. What do you guys think? Oh, Cliff. Happened? What is he talking about? Hope you guys aren't playing Kyler Murray tonight. just kind of, Oh, he's talking to, he's talking to his, uh, fantasy football friends. That's why Cliff is not on here tonight because Cliff, I, I forgot to mention that Cliff is very involved in his, his fantasy football league right now. And, uh, it's so we're Cliff is just going to move on to go win his fantasy football league. And, um, will be on Bears Country Podcast on our channel coming soon on, on the last call at Hall, Hallis Hall episode that we do on Thursday nights-ish. But uh this – so we're, we're talking about right guard right now. Tevin Jenkins, obviously, is – you're saying he is an A-minus. I'm going to say he's an A-minus too. What do you guys think? So Ryan – Ryan Schlesinger says A minus. St. Omni says A minus. J-Rock says B plus. I'm going to say A minus two.
2: I completely agree with you guys. Think about this. Everyone here. First time ever playing the position. Mm -hmm. First time ever playing. And he's in the and he's in the NFL doing it for this for his test run. And he's 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 sniffing the Pro Bowl.
0: And he had a bad back last year. When you're talking about A back issue, if you're a tackle, I would expect that to be less of an issue than if you're a guard because as a guard, you're standing somebody up and bending, right? As a tackle, you're getting out into space and trying to, like, hold people off for the most part. Mm -hmm. As a guard, you're getting back and bending everything and trying to you know, use your strength to push them off. And the fact that he's excelled at that with a back issue last year, easily a fucking A minus. The guy's – He's going to be a Pro Bowler in the next – well, there's no Pro Bowl, but he'll be an All-Pro coming
2: forward. I don't see any reason not to have him in there this year. One of the best guards I've seen in the in the league. So right
0: tackle. What I mean, we've had Larry Borum. We've had Riley Reef, We've had uh, – oh, my goodness. What's his name? Seventy-two, the guy we got from the Raiders, Leatherwood. Love, thank you, Alex Leatherwood. So, these are kind of three individual grades here. I would I would think, right? So let's start off with uh, Larry Borm. A
2: to F. What do you think, guys in chat? Let us know. I'm I'm giving him a D plus because he wasn't <laughs> completely horrible but he he was he was he was just way too inconsistent and y'all okay. should give him a d minus man because some of that it was just Wait, you, it was just bad man he just couldn't he couldn't capture the edge man are you, are are you changing it to a d minus uh, no nah, i'm gonna give him a d plus i ain't gonna hate on him, man his mama his mama kind of be out there <laughs> she be made a video cussing me out <laughs> i don't want no smoke <laughs> Yeah, don't piss off his
0: mama. <laughs> all right, so let's go to let's go to Riley Reef.
2: What what are you what are you doing here, man? Riley Reef Riley Reef gets a B, a solid B for me, because okay. I can't really say anything bad about him. He hasn't played perfect football, so I can't give him an A. But I can't see anything to bring him under a B, maybe a B minus. Mm-hmm. And that's if I wanted to be picky, but I don't see any uh, cause for concern with him at all.
0: So uh, Cornelius Squals is giving uh, borum a C and Reef a C C+.
2: Uh,
0: mm. uh, I'm okay. sorry. So you said I, I gave you a B. So I, let me just do my Larry Borum. My Larry Borum is a uh, uh that's a tough one, man. That's I'm I'm gonna give him a C minus. And then I, I'm going to move on to Riley Reef. I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him a fucking solid B. How about that? That's fair. That's I fair.
1: agree
2: with you. All right, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, with the small sample size, huh?
0: Yeah. How well, about this?
2: Play- how about this?
0: I, I, I have some plays to show you.
2: Well, how up. about this? Let's just add this in for uh, some context and color. He could have. He uh, was. He was a. He was a um, First round pick and he got cut. He could have come in this place and stunk it up and really pouted and made a, you know, I should be a starting left. He could have came in here with that kind of attitude. Right. Didn't seem like he did. Seemed right. like he came he seemed like he came in open and receptive and allowed himself to be coached. Seems like they broke him down, took the time and broke him down, and they reconstructed him and gave him the opportunity to show what he can do on the right side of the football with with a different technique and a different coach, coaching me- method and to me the sa- sample size I I've, I've gotten I thought was a uh, at least a B minus
0: yeah i agree with everything you said there uh i think that chris morgan He's showing what he can get out of our offensive linemen. I, I, I'm starting to really believe in that guy, and you're seeing it with you giving a B to Leatherwood in the 12 plays he had all season. I mean, he will he looked the part, didn't he? And you gave you gave uh, Braxton Jones a B plus. So if Braxton Jones a B plus and Leatherwood Uh, a B minus moving forward as our bookend tackles. I think that's something we can work with. I'm going to finish that up by saying I'm going to give Leatherwood a a fucking solid A minus for what he did in that short period of time in that game. He had, there was nothing that he allowed in that Packers game when he was in. And he held his own really, really well. I'm it made me very excited to see what we have in this kid and uh, I know you're not that far off from me but shit we both talked we, we had a podcast about him you know we, we know what this
2: kid has so you you know he's coming up. The part that excites me about him is and the coaches is uh, I know we got something good going on in the coaching room in this in that offensive line room when uh because most of it is between the ears at first you right know, it's it's unlocking what the hell is going on in between his ears what was he thinking and they when they're going in the film and breaking down you know his messed up film in uh in in las vegas and somehow it seems like in this small sample size they've gotten to the bottom of it mm-hmm. and they're reconstructing what those error errors was and they, they're cleaning them up man and that's that's the, that's the part that's encouraging to me, is they've mm-hmm. identified the in between the ears stuff, and he's gotten gotten that behind him. That's what's encouraging right. to
0: me. I saw you say that on Twitter that they have broken him down, they've deconstructed him, and then rebuilt him, and I totally agree with you on that. And that's what they've done. It's fucking awesome to see. I it's we're gonna get into that a little bit later when we talk about free agents and stuff like that, and I mean, there might not be much to the offensive line. There might not be the need for any actual free agent signings rather than just try to find a couple of players in the draft to build depth through. And then maybe you have a backup player like uh, a Braxton Jones backing Braxton Jones up and maybe you have a backup player like, you know, uh, Alex Leatherwood backing him up because they might believe in him moving forward. We have four games left. There's going to be a lot more to find out what happens with that offensive line because, as we'll see later with some film, that offensive line played the best they have the entire season that last game. And,
2: boy, is it fucking exciting. You know you know what, man? The uh, During the whole season thus far, there's only one person that, that really sent off alarms in my head. And he's the only person that re- that's really been replaced the whole season. And that's Larry Bourne. You are right about that. I agree with you 100% on that. Yes.
0: All right. So let's let's talk about um, running back. So we have uh, – let's just talk about Khalil Herbert first. What's your grade on Khalil Herbert for the season so far? Even
2: though he's uh, missed four games. He's getting a solid A out of me. Um, you know what? A minus because he he hasn't been. You know what? He's gotten better at pass protection, and that was my only problem with him. Uh, it was something else in particular. Um, he's gotten better with his hands. Oh, his, 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 his pass catching skills. Yeah. So that was yeah. my only two problems with him in the in the offseason going into this year and he's shown me that he's improved those two things mm-hmm. and I 100% not agree because sometimes he sometimes he misses a hole and gets a little bit impatient and kind of runs up a, a offensive lineman's back and and he and he doesn't make a play so that's want the only reason I'm going to give him an a minus but other than that highly impressed with him this year and you see how bad the run game gets when he's not there
0: yeah. So, I mean, that kind of leads us into, let's just talk, let's just skip past David Montgomery and go into Tristan Ebner. <laughs> what What's your grade on him? <laughs> That'll be fair. <laughs> As a, well, let, let's just say that Marv, Marv Levy says, let a rookie be a rookie, right? So let's just take that into account
2: well I'm, i got to be fair i, I don't want to be absolutely critical of him so i'm gonna give him a, a solid d and i'm i'll tell you why but his his problems are not what people think they are oh we, he's not the guy that we, he's the same guy that we drafted he still is quick he still is fast what's happening to him now is the game has sped up and yes and and that and, and it's just happening fast for him he doesn't the, the line isn't, the the speed of the holes opening up are a little too slow for him, I guess. He's running to uh, wide open spaces in college. So he's got to, it's just that, reading and being patient. That's all it is. This, this shit's going to slow down even for him. And he's going to be more explosive. I don't know if he makes it here, but he, it's going to slow down for him. He's going to be an effective football player at some point. It's about, it's a matter of when.
0: I agree with you. Um, I'm going to give him a D as well. And it's just a rookie thing. I, I personally think that I haven't seen the speed that I saw from him in college, but like you said, I think it has to do with a lot of just the learning. It's the, the prop that process. And when you're thinking, you're not playing to the speed of the NFL. I mean, You can't play to the speed of high school if you can't think it correctly. Right. So if, if you, if you're, not caught up with the NFL speed and the NFL game, you're gonna it's it's gonna take you a little bit longer. This you're it's gonna slow down for you eventually at some point. It's too fast for him now, I think. And then we'll start to see him probably by next year with another whole you know, four games. We're probably gonna see a lot of trust in him during these next few games. Uh and then into training camp, he'll probably be featured a lot. But the one thing I will say about him moving forward is that he just didn't seem to have that 429 speed and I know it has a lot to do with like we just talked about the game is too fast right now for him but I don't know just some players you seem to see that like even Bellis Jones has not caught on yet but you see the speed and trusted Ebner is just he hasn't hit it yet for me
2: and for those same reasons I'm gonna give him a d2 he hasn't had open, open real estate to run into, so you could, so he can put the speed on display, and I'm gonna. You see how every, how down everybody is in the chat about him. And I'm, I'm the same way. You have to be honest, man. The dude has looked terrible thus far this season, so I understand where they're at. But I'm gonna guarantee you guys something. This, this right now, before the end of this season comes about, you're gonna change your mind on on Tristan Abner. He's gonna make some plays. It's just a matter of time. He's going to make some plays. They're going to put him in space and give him a chance to accelerate and make big plays happen, and he's going to do that, and your views are going to change on him at some point. And I'm seeing
0: people in the in the chat here, uh, Herbert uh, T3P Podcast, Herbert B+, J-Rock, Ebner D-, Cornelius Squal, Ebner, Ebner D, Cliff Victoria, Ebner D-, we're kind of all in the same category of the D's. I forgot to give my uh, my Khalil rating, and I'm going to give him a solid A. Just for God, I should probably lower that because of his his pass blocking, but
2: it hasn't been bad, man. It I mean, hasn't been when
0: you bad. Put, the reason why I want to give him an A is because when you put him in the game, it's like everything changes. They've kind of been methodical with how they're using Montgomery. And all of a sudden, boom, they put him in at the right series and he gets these huge gains and just he changes the game.
2: And for that, I'm giving him an A. They, they have to respect him because he can yep. he can take it to the house on any play. He and fits that that scheme that we're
0: running on offense. That right. He's the one-two punch to Monty.
2: Yep. Yes.
0: Let's, get in, let's talk about money. Oh. What's your grade on Monty so far? Okay. Monty's coming into a contract season, so I think it's worth really kind of talking about what has Monty been worth to the team so far in this
2: season. Um, you remember? Do you remember what I said about David Montgomery in the in the in the preseason yes. going into the season? How high? And I agree I am. with you a thousand percent. Yes, he. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. He's let me down. I'm not getting that I'm not give, getting that David Montgomery. I get I get that David Montgomery in, in spurts here and there and it's not consistent enough for me. And what I I'm giving him a uh I give him a C minus. I give him a C minus. Damn. I you know running. what I'll be nice. I will give him a solid C, man. He's just been Ooh. average. He's just been average. He's an average running back right now at this point in the season. He hasn't given us anything special. He's had little spurts of some of that great David Montgomery. He has it in just that wheel and that drive in him, but it, it hasn't been enough of it. And so to me, I know I'm a little bit early. That To me, that's what makes him expendable. I want to know what you guys think in the chat right now. What do you guys
0: think in the comments? Like, What is, what is David Montgomery's grade for you, A to F, this season? Because Nomad just gave him a solid C. TP3 Podcast says he's a, a B. Uh, uh uh that's a good question. I, I'm gonna say he has been a a B
2: minus. He's been an he's average been... running back. I'm sorry, man, but C is average. I know. I I, I the only the only reason why I'm giving
0: him a B minus is because of that run against the Patriots. Where he had like a two yard loss and he wormholed through like for an eight yard gain. And it was one of the best runs I've seen him ever. One of the best runs I've ever seen any running back do. And that's the only
2: reason why I'm not going to give him a put him into the C category. So I'm going to keep him at a B minus. Man, you know what? You know how hard it is for me to be that critical of David Montgomery. I'm David Montgomery and, um, and, and Roquan Smith, man, I, I'll go to war for either one of them. It's, I know. It's, it's that rough for me to have to say this kind of stuff out of my mouth. But I'm being honest. I know if I was looking at David Montgomery in his face right now, man to man, and I said, man, you've been average this year. I know he would look me right back in my eye and say, you know what, man, you're right. I ain't been getting it done. He would I, have to say I, that. I guarantee you he would. Fucking Justin Fields
0: called him out. In a press conference and said the running back didn't run his playwright. He was talking about David. And I mean he shouldn't have called him out like that in public. But I don't he, he didn't do it maliciously. I think he was just saying it like happenstancely. But you're right. It's just when off. you're right. So I'm giving him a B minus. It could almost be a C plus. You're going with a C. People in chat are giving him a B minus, a B, a B. So let's move on to fullback. How about that? That's a fun one. Kari Blazing game. What's been going on over there, guys? What are your thoughts on Kari Blazing Game? <laughs> really? Um- <laughs>
2: You want me to answer that for real, man?
0: Yeah, I do. We have to go through every player now. Come on. Right. He's also coming up to a free agency. He's a free agent after this season. So.
2: I, I got to give him a B-plus, man, because I haven't seen him get with on a block. I've seen him connect, and I've seen him actually destroy some dudes on some blocks. Actually, Absolutely mm-hmm. destroy some people. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him miss an assignment. Really, I don't have any... I, there's really no reason not to give him an A unless somebody saw some stuff that I haven't and, and noticed some things that I haven't. I don't I don't know why I'm not giving him an A, so I'm just going to be B, solid B, just to be on the safe side. Solid B. I'm going to give him a
0: B plus because I just – I don't know any reason why I can't give him an A either. I, I wish that the Bears would have so far used him more as a running back. Like the Commanders game, Right. We were on the goal line three times in that game and could not fucking score. So why didn't they just do like a fake running back handoff, fullback handoff, give it to Kari Blazing game, have him just pile through the line, have David Montgomery set the the block for him. I mean, or even also Justin Fields set the block for him. He's the kind of guy that I would like to, I would have, like to see used a little bit more in those situations this year, especially with all the goal line situations that have cost us games where you would think, well, let's just try the old fake running back handoff, power back or uh, fullback power, you know,
2: he's thoughts. A, he's a Cornelius. Cornelius says it all right there. They don't use him enough. And they exactly. Don't, they, they, they don't. I was expecting him to be more like use check in his usage with San Fran. So was and, you know, that? they get him out, in the, they get him out in the flat in the play action, toss him the ball and just let him plow people. Right. I was expecting that, but um, after four games, we kind of got away from the uh the play action game because it was it was teams were scheming to uh stop Justin on a on the play action. They were sending the edges up high and it, it was it, they just went to that uh to that Baltimore Ravens type of offense where Justin was right. kind of doing the RPO thing, but I'm sure that was in the plans as they were developing the offense to get Blazing Game more out there in the open and getting giving get the ball in space and let him play that way. But they just kind of got got away from it because Justin just took off and exploded in that different offense.
0: And that's one of the things that you mentioned on Bears Country Podcast when we had the last call at Hallis Hall last Thursday was the different offenses that we've seen them run, you know, from the beginning of the season until now it's more of a west coast offense the last games that we've
2: seen no that was the uh that was the the first four games of the season was more of the west coast offense. oh sorry like, yeah i'm sorry i had it mixed around yes the green bay style of offense and then right. the, the last after that's been what they do in um, baltimore a lot more often than the rpo right. stuff where right you know justin can get that mesh point with the running back and Either give it to them or take it away. They got that took off for them. And so they kind of got away from what uh Kari Blasting game would normally bring to the offense. I like what Tao here says. Do you really think
0: Herbert could be a 20 plus carry game back the whole season, though? I don't. We gonna need another quality back. And I, I I almost feel like as we get into this free agency part of it, that maybe the I mean, I don't think the Bears are gonna go sign a free agent running back. Yeah um but i i could definitely see them letting him go and signing or you know drafting someone because there's some shit if they can get chase brown out of uh illinois this year that'd be a great combination
2: with with herbert
0: not you know to say it's going to
2: happen but if they could wow tours to is right man because no more you you'll, you'll get in spots it used to be their guys Average would be a good running back's average would be 20 plus carries a game. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you got most teams carry two and three backs. And so mm-hmm. if they get 12 to 15 carries a game, that's good for them. So, I mean, that's no. Do I think he's a bell cow back? No, for 20 plus games. No, not every game. No, he'll break down every any back in this league will break down doing that. Right. But, uh, what to your point about, uh, <laughs> What is his name at, at Illinois? I forget his name Chase, all the time. Chase, Chase Brown. I, I'm going to give him some high praise, man, because yeah. there was a guy uh, by the name of Priest Holmes that used to play at uh, Kansas City some years back. Some of these people in this chat probably remember him. But he was the absolute best I had ever seen at, zone, at the zone run game as a running back. I mean, his patience. They had a dominant offensive line, I'll grant you that. So, so that helped, but his patience behind that line and the way he stopped and accelerated through those gaps reminds me of the guy, Illinois. He mm-hmm. is probably the best one I've ever seen at that running style in this that type of offense since pre sons So he's, and and he fits, him, man, he's a steal. He fits <clears throat> this
0: offense perfectly, too.
2: Yes, he does. I mean, he's
0: perfectly. He would be a perfect compliment uh, to Khalil Herbert. I mean, we we've both talked about how much we love David Montgomery from the beginning of the season, from training camp on, and uh, I think we both kind of feel the same way. We both kind of graded him the same way, and I think his time is probably up with Chicago, especially with the the position that they're in in the draft, which we'll get into, you know, trading down, more picks, all that kind of stuff. So uh, let's go into tight end. Cole Komet. What's your grade on Cole Komet? I'm giving guys in chat. Giving him a B plus.
2: Giving, a him a B B plus. plus. Mm-hmm. giving him a B plus too. So much more improved. And I don't I don't think no, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I don't think uh Cole Komet is improved. I think he's being highlighted now. I think it's just that he's being targeted more often. I think he's been pretty good the whole time he's been there. I just didn't I never thought he was great. I still don't think he's great. I think he's good at, at what we need him to do in this style of offensive attack. But yeah, you got to give him his credit, man. That's so that dude. That dude has been solid. I mean, mm-hmm. solid. He's just as solid as Sam Mustard right now. J Rock gives him a B too. Or
0: you gave him a B plus. J Rock gives him a B. TP3 podcast gives him an A minus. Okay. I'm going to give him a solid B because um, I think that he has improved dramatically. Sorry, sorry, Toa. I, I said your name uh, wrong earlier. It's Toa. He, you give him a B to a B plus. St. Omni says he's slow. I think we saw some of the hands that he has this season. He's been getting open in space Uh the Falcons game was a real good game for Komet. So was the Dolphins game. I mean, he's, he's had a lot of good games this, this year. He's he's finding his way within the offense, and he's getting better within it. And I think that's just a – th- I think it had a lot to do with the offense he was in moving into this season. And I think he's going to continue to get better at it. And that's why I gave him a B. I gave him a B plus – no, I'm sorry, a B, because I think by next season with the comfort that he has built so far with Justin by next year, he's, you could be talking about him being one of the top tight ends in the league because no, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he blocks as well as, or even better than, or as well than uh Kittle. And he might have, might not have as good hands and route running skills as Kittle, but he's, he's, He's close enough to a kittle a that, I'll, being a hometown kid, I'll take him. Just re-sign that kid, ASAP, and keep him on this team and let him develop because he loves this team. He grew up on it. He grew up a fan of it. He's on it now. He's been developing it. He's gotten better and better every year. He's had a breakout year of sorts this year, in a brand new offense. What's going to happen moving forward with with the familiarity when it it's there, you know? So
2: i i love commit he's just so goddamn tough man he is tough tough i seen him take some shots this year that i expected him to take this year and he hopped up and came back to that huddle didn't ask for didn't tap his helmet didn't say hey man give me a give me a nope he Went right back mm-hmm. to the huddle so that's something that's tough man that's the other thing when you compare or contrast him to kittle
0: is that kittle has been injured a mm-hmm. lot And so far he hasn't, he's been more durable. So I, I love Cole Komet. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm giving him a B right now. I think it could almost be a B plus based on the past couple of seasons from where he has gone from to now, but I'm going to stick with the B because we're, the season's not over yet. You know, we have, we have four more games to play and let's see what this kid can do it. Cause I think the bears are going to open up the offense a little bit more in the passing game. And uh, I think it has to do with the offensive line that they might have secretly found
2: in this past couple. Of you weeks, know what so. he's trending like to me, man. I, you want me to tell you please? He's he reminds me so much of Gronk. It ain't even funny. Just a machine out there, man. Just iron man. When he gets the ball in his hand, he, he can absorb the punishment, get on mm-hmm. back up and, and still be pumped up and get the team. I mean, he reminds me of Gronk. You could tell you know, that he you know, this game, after. You know what the, the, the difference between him and Gronk is? Like,
0: Gronk kind of has that, like, look to him. Like, hey, <laughs> I, I just stay over here, like, playing football. You know, but Cole Komet, he looks like fucking Ashton Kusher. You know, he's, he's, he's a good-looking dude, and he doesn't have that, like, look he to good. him.
2: You know, so, he just—he hasn't
0: worry. had his bell rung as uh, as many times as Gronkowski has. I think that uh, I think he's uh,
2: could be a better Gronk. He's a, he's a definition <laughs> of Chicago tough man. I mean that that dude grew up around here. He knows what it is around here. He gets it, dude. You got to go out there and be tougher than a tougher than a motherfucker out there. And grew this- up a
0: huge. Bears fan. His whole family a huge Bears fan. Can you imagine what it must be like to be him? Like you know he's giving it everything he has.
2: Tough as an old man's toenails. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be crusty as one in a few years, right? <laughs> hey, you get your money's worth out of that dude, man. That dude is going whatever play he needs to make, whether it's in line blocking, whether slipping out on the screen, whether it's you know going down on the scene, catching the contested, just getting his rib cage broken in—that dude's gonna do it. I mean, I do know. we need to
0: do we need to even talk about the other tight ends on the list here, like Ryan Griffin or whoever else? Like, probably not, right? Because they're just transition
2: players that will be replaced. To I would imagine. About them, but I want to see Wesco get a uh, get some opportunities. Wes- I, I like that dude. Mm-hmm. So, what do you give him? as a grade then in the sample size I'll give him a B. he's a okay. he's a he's a head buster, man. He goes out there and he busts heads. That's what they brought him in here to do. And he can line up. That's what that you know what that's what happened uh when they played the uh who was that they played last? Um Who was it? The Lions or something? The last team that the Bears played was the Packers. Yeah. He got injured, right? The yeah. Packers, yeah. That 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 plan was to uh have them line up and do the West Coast offense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he was the um, he was the backup for Kari Blasting game. So he was gonna be playing fullback. And then he got hurt they had to change on the fly and change the whole offense. Right mm-hmm. there on the fly it was it was subtle and most people didn't notice it. But when he got hurt everything changed. I saw them on the sideline scrambling and Iberfoos on the on the uh headphones and talking to people and they just adjusted right there right there in real time to change the offenses right there that's a great point because the game did kind of change once he was injured didn't it
0: he did he was having a little bit of an impact on the team I'm going to give him a C just with just for not you know my own ability I didn't put enough research in him so I can't uh give him anything else but a C but I, I can agree that when I did see him play he played well and he had a touchdown for us so Wide receiver is next. That's kind of a uh... oh boy. Where do we begin? So Darnell Mooney.
2: You want me to go? Yeah. What's your grade on Darnell Mooney? What A through F? Giving him a B minus because he dropped some key balls when we needed him. Um, he's been he's been um. Uh, What's up, Bear? Thanks for joining us guys. What up bear?
0: Uh, What's your, uh, we're, we're doing our grades on players by position we're on wide receiver right now. The first one is Darnell Mooney. What are your thoughts in chat right now?
2: Go ahead. No, man. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Um, he, uh, Mooney made some, he made, he had some route running, uh, issues from time to time before he got hurt, whether it was, uh, not completing a route or throttling down during a route and having a ball miss him. It was things that he did on the field that is not typical per se for him. And right. he knows that he even admitted it. If you watch his uh, press conferences or his, his locker room uh, comments, he, he'll tell you. That's one thing right. I like about Mooney. He, he's straight transparent. He will come right. and tell you exactly what, if you are wondering what happened on a play, why, oh, why didn't Justin – Hit him there and all that was my fault. I didn't run that route completely or I throttled down a little bit. That's happened a few times for Boone, for Mooney. And so that's why I give him a B minus, man, because it's uh some of the stuff was just mental errors. And you know, I'm Mooney's not gonna have a long term problem catching with his hands. He's not. It was just a couple of bad plays that he had this year. So you gotta be one hundred about it. I just gave him a B minus there.
0: In chat, we have J. Rock saying uh, Mooney is a C plus. We have TP3 Podcast saying he's a B plus. Don Burr saying Detroit versus everybody. Thank you for joining us, Don Burr. Good to see you again. Uh, we have Mooney or Saint Omni saying Mooney is a B minus. And Barry Lissimo saying uh, you have to appreciate the job. You have to you have to appreciate the job in the round. Mooney is always an A plus grade on effort, and no receiver never drops and he made he made big plays but everyone remembers the game losing drop you're right about that fairly soon. you not right um, about that you got to be um, fair you got to be fair i i i'm, I'm going to give i mean seriously i know that Mooney has been a big part of this of this offense and they've been scheming to him a lot and it hasn't been working and they've been doing a lot of dumb little you know, little screen passes to him that haven't worked, and that's not his fault. It's 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 the play calling. But I, I I expected to see more out of Mooney this year. Barely Simo did a great breakdown on on how Mooney was a number one, and I completely fucking agreed with him that Mooney was a number one. But moving forward this season, you have clearly seen if he was a number one, he would have been a number one especially with all the work that him and Justin Fields have done together in the offseason and during the season. So Berlissimo gives him a B plus. You give him a B-, minus. I'm going to give him a fucking B just because I know you can't expect greatness overnight. And they had to learn the offense. There's been a lot of teaching going on this season, and they started off the, the season running the ball a lot. And then they tried. to – I believe that they are trying to build the running game to transition Justin Fields into the passing game, and I believe that that has worked. And they have done that, and it has worked. So, I'm going to go with a straight up B for him. So let's move on to the next receiver, which I think should be. Who should it be? Who's the next receiver in line for this? Is it Byron Pringle? EQ, don't think you? Don't. I, I
2: did want to go EQ. Let's just do EQ. Okay. Um, keep it. Yeah. I'm. A, <laughs> I'm. A, let me. Let me preface my statements before I. Before I say anything. Um, I've watched. If you've been listening to me or watching me on Twitter or listening to, everybody knows I think that EQ is better than advertised. A little bit better than advertised. He's not the crappy receiver that everybody wants to put on him. He's not been targeted that much when he has been targeted. He, he, I, he, I noticed that he he didn't make one play. It was a big one, but he didn't make it. And so if I'm being in, in black in the blocking scheme, he's lights out. He is lights out. And that's why I think he's going to make this team again. But that set set that aside for later. If I'm being fair about what his play looked like to me. And I'm talking about all around in the blocking game and what he's been asked to do in the passing game when he's been targeted he's only had one big drop that i can recall right now so i'm just going to give him a solid beat solid beat what do you guys think in chat what do you what do you
0: think Fairly really, simo what is eq what is his grade come on Don Burr. what's uh what's eq's grade next to your his
2: brother wide receiver on your team
0: we got J Rock saying he's a he's
2: a C. Ain't too many EQ fans in here, man. Don't, Cornelius. He probably the other than me is probably the biggest EQ fan in here. And he gave him a C, so hmm. there you go. I I I I had a lot of high hopes for EQ this
0: season because coming from the Green Bay system, so Barely Sumo was is saying he's a C plus, some explosive plays, explosive runs, great blocks, but some awful drops. Yes. He's a wide receiver, three or four. Don, Don Burr says EQ is an F.
1: expect <laughs> <laughs> nothing yeah, Don, more from
2: you, Don, Don. Don can kiss a fat baby's ass, man. Everything the Bears do is an F.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give uh, EQ a solid fucking C, too, because to be honest, I expected more from EQ this season coming from the Green Bay uh, offense, I expected more of those deep passes that we saw in the last game that he caught, you know, in the first games before that. So I have to go with just a straight up C for him. Let's move on to Byron Pringle. In what there?
2: Can I get in there one quick time on something about that before you move ahead? Yes. See, the thing with EQ is, and I, I might've said this earlier in the show, but i'm gonna say this one more time it wasn't apparent what eq can bring to the table and, until mooney got hurt now that mooney got hurt you know you're gonna you're gonna probably target who's your uh second most comfortable receiver to me that's easy that's right. eq he, he's gonna look for eq so some of those balls that that uh mooney might have gotten he's gonna target eq and to you if anybody in here can tell me that eq's speed was apparent before uh, the game against the Packers, they, they know something that I don't because nobody seen that he was able to get downfield and get separation like that until the Packers game when Mooney wasn't there. So I think the best is yet for yet to come for EQ. I think we can grade him better as the season goes on. Before we, we move on from EQ, I'd like to know what
0: you think and everyone in chat. What do you th- who do you blame for that interception last week? EQ or Justin Fields? I would like to know your thoughts, Nomad, and I'd like to know everyone's thoughts in uh in chat as well.
2: If you had to put the blame on on anybody, it's got to be EQ, but and that's just you know, you got to you got when you break down and turn, you have to come back to the ball. That's that's just receiving one-on-one, man. When it, it When you're doing a dig, certain digs, and definitely on a curl, you have to work back to the ball. So if anybody's at fault, it's got to be EQ. But you have to to say that and give credit to Jair Alexander for being able to recognize what that route was and be able to make a play and jump that ball. That was more of him than it was anybody. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Okay. I think that he – he had him shed to the outside like he should have the entire time. And I think that he, for someone that has practiced with him as long as he had, it, it seemed like he should have anticipated his break earlier and cut earlier. So I just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to give that that interception to EQ as, as well. And for that that, that's what brings my grade down to a C for him. So uh, we we actually moved on to Byron Pringle. So what – I've already seen some uh, Byron Pringle grades in
2: here. Like, what do you think of Byron Pringle? I haven't said this yet, but if there's anybody on the team, or well, it's probably two people, but for different reasons that deserve an incomplete, it's definitely uh, Byron Pringle mm-hmm. because he's been out there. I mean, he's been – you know, in certain situations, I've seen him running wide open. He's just not been target, targeted, targeted mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just a—you could tell he's frustrated. I—I I seen him in the locker room after a game. Every time he talks, yeah, he's frustrated, yeah. I man. It's like, damn. And he—and he finally got a chance to get a ball in the end zone, and he got it, and—and and it was just looked like such a relief to him, like, like damn, about time, like mm-hmm. fuck, man, dude, throw me the ball, just throw it up there, give me a chance to get it. I'll make a play on the ball. Just just put it up there for me. Just throw it to me. And you can tell he's that's just inside of him, and it's just irritating him, and it's itching him. And so, uh, again, going forward, I think we'll have a better view on what Pringle brings to the table now that Mooney's not in the picture. Him and EQ will see a lot more balls.
0: We have Bear Lisbo says that Byron Pringle realistically is an incomplete grade because he feels deep D-plus for blocking. Yeah. I, I think that I would agree with you. I'd rather have Tarjay Sharp for Byron Pringle. I'm going to give him a straight up fucking D,
2: man. I expected more. What What did you say now, Mad? If I had to give him a grade, I gave him an incomplete. But oh, and just incomplete. Because, just because he hasn't had the chance to be targeted, and hasn't gotten the looks that he that he needs to be able to show what he can do, I I can't do nothing but give him a C because. Mm-hmm is neither here nor there because he hasn't seen the production he hasn't getting, gotten a chance to get the production so how are you gonna say yeah he's had some um a few plays where he didn't really complete his blocks or finish him and things like that so you can attribute that to the seed but other than that i don't i don't know why anybody could be down on him because none of this is his fault and Sophisticated Thought says he
0: won't be back next season. I don't think he will either. I'm giving him a grade of a D because I expected more out of him with the flashes that he had with KC, and he had the incident. I didn't fault him. I mean, big fucking deal that you're doing a donut in your awesome car. But it still was a high, a negative highlight on the se- on the offseason, I should say. You take that into the season, he's not getting – like you were, <laughs> you were saying, you can see the – the look on his face he's just he's disappointed it just hasn't worked out for him here so i'm i am giving him a d I, I don't think he'll be back either i'm agreeing with most of you in chat that say that so uh let's move he's, on
2: to he's yep. another one that's gonna by the time the season is over and this this stuff comes to a conclusion he's gonna be another one that people start feeling different about after he mm-hmm. start getting some targets he's gonna make some plays And Berlissimo says the touchdown for Fields versus Packers doesn't happen without his
0: block. So I, yeah, you're right, Berlissimo. All right, so the next wide receiver, who's next? Byron Pringles. So now we have, um, Pettis. Dante Pettis. What's your grade on Dante
2: Pettis? Ooh, I gotta give him. uh, I'm giving him a C plus. He's had a, he's had a, the first thing that's gonna jump out to people was the drops, and he's had his fair share of those, um, and you can't I can't you can't undo that, and right. so that's why people everybody in this chat's gonna feel probably about the same, but he's made some plays too a lot more than he's not made, and so I think a C is fair because it's been average but just slightly above average because he's made plays down the field that nobody else has been able to make other than Mooney on this team. And he had a couple of them in the last game. Yeah. He's a pretty good blocker, too. As Berlissima
0: pointed out, he's a good blocker. He had one of the best touchdowns on the year. That's true. Uh, I'm going with a – I'm going to go with a C-plus for Dante Pettis. Moving on. Oh, who's next? Nikhil Harry?
1: Yeah.
2: Nikhil Harry, what do you think about Nikhil Harry, my friend? I, I don't know how you do anything other than give him an incomplete grade, <laughs> just haven't seen enough of him. How, how are you going to grade him and you haven't seen him?
1: Uh-huh.
2: You know, the sample sizes that you have, I don't, I hadn't seen him not make a play that was, you know, on the table for him. But, you know, what, what could you say about uh, other than criticizing? He doesn't bring a whole lot. He's a he's a one-trick pony. Nikhil Harry's a one-trick pony, maybe two because he's a pretty goddamn good blocker, but he's a jump ball catcher, maybe mm-hmm. a deep dig catcher if he can get enough separation to get that DB off of his hip. But mm-hmm. that's it, man. He doesn't bring much in terms of dexterity to be able to – he's not a great route runner. He doesn't get good separation. He's just – he's an – I think he's a, a guy that's in between – Playing receiver and maybe some other position, man. I don't I don't know, but all I know is he can't get separation. And only thing you can do with that guy is sending straight down the field and let's let him body a, a D B and let him catch a deep, I mean a jump ball. That's about it. But, that, is blowing, the chat is blowing up over this. We got Barely
0: Simo saying incomplete grade, sophisticated thought, thought says, Oh no, that's a uh, pettus. Uh Sinami says incomplete grade for sure. He also says he's slow. Cliff Victoria says he, he's one of the few rece- Bears receivers who can grab a contested ball. Uh, Nick uh, Cornelius says he's incomplete. Uh, DP3 podcast says he's an A. I mean, this is all up and down the board. And TP3, you're right. He, he has, in the games he's been actually activated to play in, he has made a play. When he's been given the chance,
2: so I'm going to go incomplete. Berlison was making a point. He 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 can get slight separation. He's saying Harry can get separation. The timing of the throw needs to be needs to be there. Too is it's he's right, but at the same time he doesn't get very much separation. You got to throw him open. You have to yeah. throw him open. So I mean. I'm if it's a, if, if a toss up between which receiver to keep, and and I look at it this way. You, if you notice, the minute uh, Byron Pringle got healthy and Chase Claypool was brought onto the team, they scratched Harry. Mm-hmm. That's got to tell you something.
0: Mm-hmm. It was a healthy
2: scratch. It was nothing wrong with that guy. The, mm-hmm. the fact is that both Claypool and Byron Pringle bring more to the table as far as their uh, their ability to run routes and get separation, that's going to be an easy scratch for them because Kringle isn't – I mean, uh, uh, Nikhil Harry isn't quite as good at that. So, I mean, he's, to me, he's the odd man out, easily.
0: His uh, – everything that everyone said here in chat, along with what you said, is spot on. Like, that catch that he had in that game kind of proved it. Because I think if you looked at the pass – the pass was a, it was a it was a well thrown ball from Justin Fields, but then he when he came back for it, it was that jump ball thing that everyone's been talking about here. And he caught it and landed perfectly on his back and flipped up onto his feet. It almost looked like a ballerina move, you know. And you can't count on that every game. I mean, maybe it's a, a are the healthy scratches a sign of something? think they are because, as Greg Gabriel has said, if the guy can't practice, he's not going to be on the field. And If he's not a good practice player, you're not going to see him in the game. So we've seen a lot of healthy scratches from him, and now we're seeing he has to play, right, because of the injury to Mooney. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward with him. Uh, I'm going to give – wait, what did you give him as a grade? You said
2: I gave him incomplete. I had to give him give him an incomplete because and everybody's talking you you were just alluding to it about practice. I've been noticing since the, since camp that that's a big emphasis on who plays in these uh, games and who don't. You know, Ibrflus uh, puts puts a big emphasis on what you are able to show him in practice, and that will determine how much tick you get in the game mm-hmm. and. The only thing I can think of with with uh, Nikhil Harry as to why he would uh, not be an active player is he's probably not getting separation in practice, and those other guys are getting it. It's probably about that simple. Mm -hmm. You know, for other guys like, Velas Jones, it's probably he's not being ball secure in practice, so he's not going to make the active roster. So and and Swifty says here uh,
0: hasn't practiced enough. Swift gaming network. What is that? Something new for you, Swiftie? Good for you, buddy. You're killing it. Is that Swift? I, I don't know. Well, I don't think oh. it is. It might not be. <laughs> it might be though. Who knows? Um, let's it's move Swift on to Clay. To let's move on to let what do you want to say? Tell Swift to shut his ass
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> He's right though, he hasn't practiced enough yeah, <laughs> in reality. But- All it's a lot of dudes that get incompletes, man, because of that,
0: right? I well, it's this might lead him to the next wide receiver, right? Who I think is going to be the last one, Chase Claypool. What are your guys' grades on Chase Claypool?
2: You asking me first, of course, yes. Now, you're talking about incomplete, dude. (laughs) That that dude just walked in here, what yesterday, (laughs) yes. And he's just—he's in a new offense and trying to learn the, you know, the 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 verbiage and where to be. You can see on the sideline people trying to tell him where he needs to be. Justin replacing, putting him in different spots, and people correcting him all over the place. They're just trying to keep him on the field and learn while on the fly, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about I, yeah, Berlusconi is right. That dude is improving every week. I can see less and less of that happening every week. He's knowing where to go, what to do, and people aren't having to guide him all the time. And I don't know how you grade that guy. You know, and he he just got here and he don't know the offense yet. But I don't have any grade for him. But what if I had to? I guess a B. You know, he's not been a bad. B. He ain't been good I'm, either, but he's not been bad.
0: I'm gonna give Chase Claypool a fucking solid middle A because. Of everything that we just talked about, everyone is talking about in chat. I see it. It's the guy just got here yesterday, and he has been helping the team. I mean, we were at the Dolphins game. I watched it happen with my own eyes on the field. The pass interference that was not called at the end of the game that should have been. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was targeted. He had that ball. He was clearly interfered with. And he's been kind of getting, you know, bullied around a little bit, if you want to say, for lack of better words, since he's been on the Bears because he's taken a lot of big hits and taken, you know, the one that got injured or the, he fumbled on last week almost looked like he was going to be out for the rest of the game. You're right, fairly he's a monster when he's on. The familiarity with the system and QB will come. Correct. And I'm that's for that, I'm giving him an A. To step in at this final, you know, halfway through the season, come on and have like, what was it, seven targets in the first game against the Dolphins, and he could have clearly won the game for us at the end without that P.I. that wasn't called. I mean, I'm mean, i giving him an A just for effort and for showing up middle season and having to learn everything and doing what he has done so far to help the team. He hasn't blown up like we would like him to do, to, to, but he hasn't like completely failed us like you might expect some other players that just come in you know
2: mid-season. So I give him an eight. You know what, man? Let me let me throw this into it. That if you notice, and those, those of us that watch the game really closely and pay attention to the details, you saw it right away. But the minute and the second he got here and was put in uniform and on the field in a game, Mooney, the coverage came off of Mooney and he was able to get open and make plays the minute he got here. Right, they put him on the field and plays start to happen. Moon Mooney was getting double teams and getting stuck up out there, and he really wasn't making nothing happen until Claypool got here. And the second he got here, boom! You had you got it. You got to respect him. So that's that's great the point big thing right there.
0: And Swift gaming never says, and Comet too, Nomad. You're right. He, he was able to help Comet. Yep. with his presence. Oh man, it's oh god, so much to talk about moving forward. So let's get on to the defensive side of the ball now. So should we start let's start with the uh, let's let's start with um let's let's move uh, descending. Let's let's start with uh strong safety. What do you think about uh, what's going on there
2: at Strong Safety? Oh uh, my man. Jaquan Brisker. I love that dude. He's he's more, he's way more of a positive than he can ever be a negative in my heart. Just because I love the way that cat plays, man. That cat plays. He he is the he is my avatar, I guess. You know what I mean? He's doing the stuff that I would be doing if I was out on that field. But you gotta give him as much as I would love to give him an A as a rookie. I can't give him a whole A, man, because he's missed some big tackles, man. Just not. Just overplaying uh, 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 his his position and his alignment, mm-hmm. just being, just not getting low enough and rapping, tackling, to me, and and it's been times I've seen him missing assignment in 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 coverage in secondary and not, you know, just getting a little bit greedy, trying to move ahead and make a play on the ball and he got beat over the top of him, so. Mm-hmm. He really deserves a C something somewhere in the C range, but I'm giving him a B. That's because it's my guy. A B. I'm giving him a B. Solid B. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give him a. Uh, damn was it! Too many hey. tackles, man. I don't want to keep agreeing with
0: you, but I'm I'm gonna go with a B too because I expected that out of him and more. I expected him to be an A minus by the time we are done with this. So a solid B, I'll be happy with. Uh. Let's let's move on to free safety. What did you think of
2: Jackson this year before his injury? That that motherfucker's getting an A for me. Mm-hmm. I, is he my first A? I think so. Let's go Maybe, back and look. He's back to Pro Bowl, Eddie.
0: No, you gave uh, Khalil <clears throat> Herbert an A minus.
2: Yeah. I mean, oh, I, you also get you also get Kevin Jenkins an A minus. Um, Eddie Jackson almost gets an A plus, but he ain't nobody perfect. So Eddie Jackson, I mean, that dude has been straight. I mean, just imagine I'm, we, we're talking all of this stuff, especially in the secondary. Just remember these grades they're getting right now. There's a, a trick to it. These these guys are playing special football without any pass rush. You know how hard it is to cover for seconds and seconds at a time in the the secondary? You They're covering way too long, and they're still overperforming. Still overperforming. They shouldn't be covering this long. So imagine what Eddie Jackson's going to look like. Imagine what Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Briscoe are going to look like with another year under their belts and a pass rush next year. They'll be able to break on plays and won't be in coverage so long and, so, and, and everything is going to look way better. So when I'm when I'm giving you these, these grades, I'm giving you these grades based on that way of thinking. They don't have a pass rush to depend on, and they're in coverage way too long. Dude, you
0: are so fucking correct. I mean, Jackson playing lights out this year before he was injured, with what was going on with the defense, I think says it all about that grade. And I agree with you. It's an A. Lisa Mo says it's an A as well. There's a bunch of A's in here. TP3 says he's an A. Yeah, he's an A. I mean, he would have been an all-pro after this season if not for the injury, and it sucks that it happened. It really fucking sucks because he was on course to be possibly even one of the, uh, the defensive player of the year candidate if he had more interceptions Depending on these last few games, he's already missed. So, and plus the ones moving forward, I give him an A all all the way around too. That's Jeez. the Eddie
2: Jackson we knew was there. That's the Eddie Jackson exactly. we all knew was there. And whether that that I don't know whether he went just went dormant over the last couple of years. He was comfortable getting paid and you know okay. whatever. But something about this uh, new regime that came in, he saw his NFL mortality on the line. He said, "Man, I got to bring it. Man, I got to show these. I got to show these dudes who I am. I'm the we best free in safety in football. And I'm We gonna said it. this. We said this from the beginning of training camp on
0: that we knew we were going to see this resurgence from Eddie Jackson because of Jaquan Brisker, and they were going to go hand in hand with each other. And they worked. They complemented each other so well this season. In effect, just. A side note that they played as well as they did last week, minus those two guys, is a testament to this coaching staff and the players that they have on it, you know, that are not starters. It's a real testament to this team. As you said earlier, we talked about they could have collapsed. It didn't. They've been putting all their
2: heart and soul into every game. And I got, can I can I let me just let me get this off my chest because I've been itching to say this and um appreciate so brother. I'm particularly um, – Eddie Jackson is special right now because some of the stuff that is going on behind the scenes right. with what he's doing for his teammates, how he's being open to them and inviting them in and teaching them and anything they being a need. a leader. I mean, yeah, anything they need. He he let Jaquan Brisker know from day one. You, I don't care what day, time of day or night it is. You need something from me. You call me. Right. he's bringing he's bringing guys over that you know these rookies that don't have too much money and he's telling them don't spend your money you know if you need something come talk i mean there's been so many little stories like that i've been hearing about eddie jackson right man dude is a he's the leader ultimate right now and he wasn't always that right he wasn't always that i'm so proud of that guy man i'm so proud that's, of him that's a great point man so am i
0: you know to see him grow into this leadership role that he has taken on over the course of these years, you know, from the oh, damn it, if I if I'm going to say it, I'm going to have to be prepared to play it. Uh, coming on from these uh, fucking neggy years, I'm not even going to get into that. That's I have zero thought. I'm not even going to get <laughs> in, 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 into now. You know, you saw him f- flourish with uh, Vic Fangio, and then. <clears throat> sputter off with whoever, you know, fuck whatever his name was, and now you're seeing the resurgence of him being a a, a a a team captain and a leader, and really taking on that role of that he wasn't used to. That now he's 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 he has to do. And damn it, it sucks that he got injured because it would have been great to see what it, what could have happened with him if he could have just played the entire season because moving forward he could have had you know two or three more interceptions for all we know and he could have made the pro bowl you know uh
2: list whatever you want to call it now shorty eddie jackson is the best free safety in football anybody disagree with me we can fight right now i don't give a shit we can fight that's the best free safety in football (laughs) and and if his contract i don't know how many years we got we got maybe one more year with eddie under contract, extend that man. Extend uh-huh. him. He's the best. You can't. You can't duplicate. What uh, there's no guy in the draft that can duplicate uh-huh. Eddie Jackson's instincts. Uh-huh. You pay that man. Oh, renewable says EJ ain't all that. Ooh, hey, me and him can fight too. Right now. Oh damn! Don't. I'll I don't want to see you fight. nomad I mean, I will meet you on ninety fifth and Hallstead in fifteen minutes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bellismo says Ed Jackson has like what four callback
0: defensive touchdowns now? Yeah, you're right. Oh, you know what, Kenny, I, I forgot. Before we get into uh strong safety, I would like you to please show everyone what we have done for Chris Watts. Let's get Chris Watts to a Bears game, guys. Let's go to that GoFundMe page and donate whatever you possibly can to Chris Watts. And barely, Simo. if you want to jump on there, too, I'll get you a GoFundMe page for you, too, my friend. Let's get you both guys here to a Bears game, and uh, we'll, we can all watch it together in Soldier Field.
2: That's terrible, man. Hey, <laughs> hey Chris, you better learn to become a drug deal like everybody else and make you some sad <laughs> money. <laughs> That's how we all did it. <laughs> that was weird. But
0: now listen, I, I I love Chris Watts, man. He lives over there in Yorkshire and he's he, he he'll never talking to him, he's like, I'll never be able to make it to a soldier field game to see the Bears play. And so I took it upon myself to just start a GoFundMe page for him. I I, I have it set a little bit high. It's set at like six thousand, but I wasn't sure exactly what it would take, and I wasn't wasn't sure how many people would but if we can get it to at least three thousand people to donate, or three thousand dollars of donations worth, then I think that would be enough to at least get him here on coach to stay with someone in their in their house. And I, and I have offered it to him; he can stay at my aunt's house, and I, we'll go home that week that he's there, and he can stay with us. And whatever it takes to get Chris Watts to a game would be like it would make. My dream come true for him because I just love Chris Watts. And uh, he's just one of those guys that I have uh, something in my heart for. And I would love to see him, to make a dream come true for him, to come from England to Chicago, go to Soldier Field, watch the Bears play. I'll get him tickets to the 20-yard line, uh, third row. And he can watch the game with us, Aldo and I, if you wanted to come, Nomad. I know you don't like to go to games, but, you know, there's six seats there, and I can make that happen. So anyone who's willing to donate to the GoFundMe for Chris Watts to bring him to the United States to see a Bears game at Soldier Field would be uh, immensely appreciated. So uh, just want to thank you all if you do donate, and um, I hope it works out for you, Chris. Anyway, Nomad. Hey, Let's man, talk about.
2: Hold on, hold on, right. man.
0: You want to say on. something?
2: Chris, Chris is lacking on his hustle, man. Tell him he got to learn how to do hair and nails like everybody else to get rich in this world. Well, if you look at his hair, <laughs> it looks like he doesn't have any work on that.
0: He needs he needs some help on that shit.
2: He paying, he <laughs> paying people. He should be able to do that himself, man. Make some money off that shit, man. I'll learn how to do fingernails and braid hair and shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have a we have a seat for you, Cliff. We, you know you already know that, buddy. We'll have a seat for you ready. Uh, so moving on, what do you think about the um the cornerback position? Or should we talk about like the backups? Like, do we
2: should we get into Hicks or anything like that at the safety positions? Do you want to talk about Hicks at all? You if you want to, man, we can go there. I mean, another small sample size of a guy that you know he really struggled in uh talking about Elijah Hicks. He really yeah. struggled in preseason. I could tell in preseason that he uh, he hurt something in his upper core and mm-hmm. it hurt him to go in there and make tackles. And he was he was laboring after every tackle that he made. And it took him. I think he was uh, after he made the team, I think it was at least four weeks before he was off IR. And so right. it, What 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 does that say there?
0: I think DHC is probably our third best safety on depth chart, for def- but for
2: evaluation, i like to see Hicks get more snaps coming from Swifty. I got a caveat for uh, for Swifty. I think uh, DHC is the most underrated football player in the National Football League. That's how much I think of DHC. I, I agree with you, and Berlissino says I like DHC as a nipplebacker. backer. He's so underrated, man. That guy, he's almost like he's one of those guys you can put out there anywhere and say, mm-hmm. hey, we're down every corner on the team, DHC. Go out there and play nose guard. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he could, he, you put him anywhere, and that guy's prepared to play and produce for this team. He is so underrated, man, and that's, that became apparent last week to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. He's been one of those guys that just he's stuck around on this team, and no matter what regime he's been in, he has produced, and he's been solid. That's something yeah. that we should talk about since we were talking about
2: safeties. I mean, DHC. What is your grade on him? DHC getting an A for me. Fuck yeah, man. Me too. Solid A. What do you guys think about DHC? What's what's your grade on him? That there's that guy right there. Try to find me a flaw about Fair
0: fairly similar says DHC is like a sicko watch. It
2: ain't sexy, but it's like
0: <laughs> Like pulling on time,
2: man. <laughs> you you just don't give those away. Like, like no. he's like a, he's like a Mac computer. Like, mm-hmm. people don't just give those away. You get a Mac like computer, it, you keep it.
0: It's like he and he's also like one of those guys if you saw him in the mall. You wouldn't know who he was, but you and I would. But you know, most people would be like they wouldn't think he was an NFL player. You know,
2: and 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 they respect him. In the locker room, they respect the shit out of that dude, man. Every time you turn around, you ask somebody, who's the guy that you look up to the most or something like that, it's always DAC. You hear Mm -hmm. that come out of most people's mouths and that tells you a lot about the character of the man, what kind of man he is, you know. It's a lot of football players in that locker room, but there's only so many men in there and some people really gravitate towards that because you got a bunch of people that are just getting into this level of football, just getting this kind of money and are not quite sure what to do with it, how to be professional. And not only right. does he does he do it in the locker room and behind the scenes when you put him out there on the field, does he not perform? Right. We so have, have a lot of stuff in chat right? here.
0: Exactly. Chad is saying he a B, a B, he makes plays, he's a B plus. It oh, St. Omni says he's a, he's incomplete. Bellissimo says he's uh Defensive grade is a B minus. DHC DHC-ST grade is an A. J Rock says he's a B. I mean, I'm I'm giving him an A too. He's just solid. Mm-hmm. Cornelius
2: says he's an, an A too. Man, I I if I tried to reach and find something bad to say about uh about you'd, about be, B, you'd I, be reaching. I I kick my own ass. Exactly. <laughs> I just start kicking my ass, man, because that's ridiculous, man. You can't but, say anything bad about that guy, man.
0: Like fucking
2: fight club. Like, you know Take what? DHC is a punk ass bitch. Ugh. Yeah. You file for Wait. even letting that come out your face. Wait, on, I don't think I don't think DHC is a good tackler. Right. Wait, are you against me? <laughs> I mean, anywhere I you, in the man. secondary, any position, you can you can if somebody goes down, you can put DHC there and be okay with it. Right. All right, so let's get on to cornerback.
0: What are we thinking about our cornerback situation? Let's, let's start with Jalen Johnson.
2: Um, B-plus. Th- B-plus? Yep. B-plus. You want me to go further?
0: Yeah, I, w- I would like to know. I would like to know what you guys think about in chat. What do you think about Jalen Johnson's progressiveness in this system? In the four-three scheme under Eberflus, uh, as opposed to the three-four under Buck. B I I have to say his name. Nagy. I'm not even going to get into that. That's
2: I have zero thought.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
2: thoughts. I got it. Go ahead. I got, okay, let me let me break this down. What I think about, tell you guys what I think about Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson has absolutely emerged as a quasi-shutdown corner. He can't shut every receiver in the league down. And nobody's touching Tyreek Hill. Nobody can cover that guy. But right. as a, as the definition of shutdown corner goes, you can put him anywhere on any receiver just about on the field, and he's going to give him a run for his money in any game, any time. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson has emerged into that. He's another guy I'm very proud of. As far as his uh, accolades off the field and what kind of man he's grown into, he is really mature. I mean, really, I don't know if it's Eddie rubbing off on him or what it is, but you can see the the metamorphosis in him man. the way he's I mean, he's not just not, I'm not just talking about off the field, but he's getting more season on the field. It's like that's the thing I'd say about corners all the time. You have to see a lot, whether it be mm-hmm. on the edge and or in the slot as a cornerback, you have mm-hmm. to see a lot become before that season and really starts to uh, metastasize for you and you become a greater player. You have to see a lot. And Jalen Johnson is in his what, third year? He mm-hmm. is he's you're starting to see it. That mm-hmm. dude, I wasn't already just really sold on before the season started. Yeah, he, he's the real deal but i also think now's the time if you want to um think about getting some more draft capital i think jalen johnson because you got you got other guys emerging too you know jalen johnson could be good trade bait
0: hmm.
2: interesting and i know we talked about him
0: a lot in training camp you were high on him i i remember that mm-hmm. because i didn't know who he was before you said something and uh, here I am watching him in this last game, like, wow, he played really well. And I immediately thought of you. So here's to you on that. You were correct. I mean, the kid's playing, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. You know, you're not just going to jump in the league and blow up and turn into a superstar overnight. I mean, that's not the normal model. It's, that's the model that has given everyone false hope for the new model, you know, These quarterbacks just, you know, Patrick Mahomes or even uh, for the last five years or so, it seems like there's been some quarterback, no matter who it is, young rookie quarterback or just young quarterback, second-year quarterback, just blown up the fucking league. And we've always been thinking, like, where is our quarterback? When is our turn, you know? And it's kind of – you've seen that kind of dwindle down because – it takes a little bit to learn this game and it doesn't happen overnight for everyone. And Jalen Johnson is a great example of that because he, you know, a couple of years in the league and now you're starting to see him really produce in this defense. He found the right defense. He found the right coaches. The last game that he played was clearly his best. And he's someone that I think as we get into this,
2: you can keep on the team. Like, like, uh Kaneas was saying just remember what we said earlier man yeah hell yeah he need to get more interceptions but how that's not those opportunities that aren't readily available until you have a pass rush man exactly and those those no. with, go ahead no you can finish no with with the uh with the right kind of pass pressures man dude there's no telling what kind of numbers these guys would have right now you know as far as taking the ball away, man. Dude, we don't know because they don't how, have anybody that can sniff and know what the hell the quarterback smells like. How many fucking sacks? Bellissimo, I bet you you can give us this answer.
0: How many sacks do the Bears have on this season so far? I would like to know everyone who knows this answer in chat. I bet you that you know it, Bellissimo. Just save me from having to look this up while we're talking because I, I think it's somewhere like right around – one per game if not that, which is fucking pathetic. Like, You're not going to win games with an average of one sack or less per game. So, yeah, this defensive line has been atrocious this year, and they're the reason why they're making the secondary look bad, which is – it was a strength going into the season. Can I can so I jump
2: in here real quick?
0: Swifty says sixteen sacks. Thank you, Swifty. Can I can in I thirteen please. games?
2: Can I jump in? No, of course you can. Please, Bellissimo, my man, one hundred grand. Listen, yes, they do play too much zone. I just I just put this hat on my head when I just because I know what it feels like. Being a being a defense that doesn't get regular pressure on a, on a quarterback, I know the coaches want to play more man to man. I know they want to do more, more actions in the defense. But when you have that kind, when you have this kind of defense with this minimal uh, quarterback pressures, what other recourse do you have but to play a whole lot of zone? Right. You can't necessarily put these guys and expose them and. Really make them look bad, and man, and man, I know you want to, but that's just not fair to them, the DBs. That's just not fair. You right. know what I'm saying? It's just you have to play a lot of zone just to get the hell out of the game, right? You know, so that's what I would say to Berlusco comment about that. And when you're when you have no pass rush, it's going to make your defensive back
0: defensive backs look terrible. So, uh, you and I both gave. Jalen you gave Jalen Johnson a B plus I'm going to give I'd like to know because I lost all I'll track of what you guys said in the chat what do you guys think that Jalen Johnson what's your grade for Jalen Johnson this year I'm nomad B plus I'm gonna say
2: uh, man you get this interaction thing man I love it I'm gonna have to agree with you on that thank you
0: uh I'm going to give him V 2 because I wasn't sure how he would perform in a 4-3 as opposed to a 3-4. I thought he was more of a zone scheme cornerback and as we're just talked about like that hasn't been working because they have no pass rush. So really until they have a pass rush, you can't uh, you know really give him it's in, in fact fuck that. I'm going to give him an incomplete. For me Jalen Johnson is an incomplete for this season because of the lack of pass rush. Enough said.
2: What do you Bear think me- about? Huh? Go ahead, man. I was going to answer Badalissimo, but go ahead.
0: Matter match under with, with, with zones over. Yeah, correct. So moving on to the next uh, player, Kendall Vildor.
2: What's your grade on Kendall, guys? Ooh, I'm giving I'm Ooh. giving him a, I'm giving him a solid B. Ooh. A solid B.
0: I would love to know what you guys think in chat. What is Kindle Vildor to you? What's his grade? An A, a B. Oh, Don Burr says an F. Of course, Don Burr. Thanks for joining us again.
2: <laughs> He's you know talking what? about four field.
0: <laughs> hold, on, hold on a second. I, I have this lined up.
2: There we go. <laughs> if if you I, had I a, make that, Hello, if you dude. had a most improved football player on the team, other than Kendall Vildor, who would it be?
0: The most improved player on the t- uh Justin Fields.
2: Uh that's come on now. Take that out of uh, the too yeah, okay, uh, That's too obvious. Okay,
0: The most improved player on the team for me would uh would
2: have been uh, Eddie Jackson. Okay, I would have said or Sam Mustafar.
0: Or <laughs> Sam Mustafar.
2: But come on, yeah. man, you can't you can't front on how much this dude's improved. I mean, he beat out a guy that pretty much everybody in this chat probably said was gonna be on this team as a starter, probably at the slot, and that was Thomas Graham.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not only did he beat him out. He's cut, Thomas Graham is cut now, and Kendall Vildor ended up being a starter. Ain't that much noise, wasn't that much noise. I mean, you Kendall Vildor has had his games where a couple of plays were made on him. And you know, he he let he let the team down a couple of times. But for the most part, Kendall has been a lot more good than bad. Can everybody agree to that? I can agree with that, but I think that I agree with what,
0: what uh Chad is saying as Cole Komet is probably the most improved improved player on the team. From last year. Who said that? A lot of people. Uh, Cole Komet. Skeet Dog says Cole Komet. Uh, Swifty says Cole Komet. Yeah. Khalil, Khalil, Khalil or Cole Komet. Man. I think it, it, it could be Cole Komet, actually. That's that's a pretty good answer for you guys in chat. I mean, from from what we expected from him day one until now, I think that he could easily be in that conversation. But so could Kiddil Vildor. He hasn't been... He hasn't been as bad as he has been. In fact, I, we talked about this at the beginning of the season that moving forward in a four-three that he would be better in this because he's he's not really a three-four cornerback. So,
2: wait. So you're great on him as a B, right? Yeah, man. That that dude has has risen to the occasion, man. I mean, I, I I sit there, I sit here and take the time and watch the game live, and I and I scour this tape afterwards just time and again just to see if what i'm telling you guys is accurate to my knowledge and i'm telling you guys kendall vildor has not let you down he has not let you down he has been admirable better than admirable and for his job and his in this position again you're talking about a guy that's playing corner on an island with a defense that can't pressure the quarterback so keep that in mind Good point.
0: With what Chad is saying, we have a D minus from J Rock. We have a a, a B from Cornelius. I think uh, Billy Smo said he was a C minus. I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go with a. I'm going to go with a B minus. A B minus, which is good because. I had no high hopes at all for Vildor this season. I, if he would have made a C plus, I would have been happy. So, a B minus means something moving forward into the next
2: segment. Uh, you know what? Let me let me Kendall Vildor and and unfortunately uh, Sam Mustafer is the two kids in the classroom with shit on their shoes
1: from
2: <laughs> the last from the last regime, and they already stunk coming into the season. So a lot. Of- <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they walked in with dog shit on their shoes into the classroom, right? like, God damn. I li- I li- <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody's somebody thinking school, this, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, you never could have for- fucking forget that kid, there.
2: Like, the first day of school, you came in with dog shit on <laughs> <laughs> That boy over there in, in that checkered shirt, he stank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you that man. I mean, like shit. Those, my, 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 I'm, I, I think I'm gonna get a plus now. <laughs> All that from the Nagy regime, man. That stink they had on him, man, and it's carried over. Wait, where, and those guys wait, been playing, man.
0: Wait, wait. Where's uh? Where's <laughs> said have You have to give him another half point too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're you're right though. I mean. <laughs> it, it, it stinks on you, right? It really does.
2: Oh, stay away from you, man. Like like shit on a stick. <laughs> All right, so
0: so quarterback. So we were talking about at the beginning of the season. Um, Jalen Johnson was another one. Um, oh, who's the who's our nickelback? Oh no, let's go. Let's go to Gordon. Let's go to Gordon. Kyler Gordon. Okay, so what's your grade on Kyler Gordon? Everyone, Nomad, you go.
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to give Kyler Gordon a C, a solid C. Ooh, a C. Solid C. He he was probably my favorite uh, out of all the picks in the draft. And as I expected to happen early in the season, I just did not expect this uh, defensive line to be so shitty. Right, yeah. I know they're not a bad defensive line, they just suck at getting after the we've
0: we've got nothing from Muhammad,
2: right? You'd expect at least something from al kadeem Muhammad. I, nothing. I think, I think he's I he I think he's laboring with something, man. That's that's not usual for him. He's he's yeah. usually somewhere around the quarterback. If he's not getting a sack, I think he's struggling with something, yeah, some kind of injury or something. But I'm more disappointed in in Travis Gibson than anybody on this team. Anybody.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, both of them. I mean, there's lots of things that come into play, right? Like family issues. So you can't, like, who knows? Maybe Muhammad could bounce back next year but if he makes the team. But Travis Gibson
2: was definitely someone that we expected to see more out of this year, right? Way more, man. I I think what's happening with – with Travis Gibson I want to get back to Kyler Gordon but later um, I think what's happening with Travis Gibson is he's topped off as a 4-3 defensive end and I mean that specifically as a 4-3 defensive end yeah he he's topped off either in this 4-3 I think they would probably get more if they give him a shot at playing on the inside at three Tech either that or he belongs in a three-four defense.
0: Yeah. He does I think he might be as right. an
2: edge on in a in a four-three defense. I, I think that's pretty clear.
0: I think you're You might be right about that. Uh going back to Kyler Gordon, I'm giving him a C plus on the season as a rookie. He started off uh rough and then he had some sweet spots in there, and then had some you know some issues, injury issues. We missed him the last game couple of games, I think. So I'm going to go with a C plus because I mean, I did expect more from him, but the injuries and just the fact that they were playing him in nickel to begin with kind of it's a lot to expect from a rookie. So uh, what he has done so far on the season as a rookie cornerback playing a lot of a lot of nickelback in this scheme and then having to move out when there's an injury or whatever the play might be, i am giving him a, a, a solid C+. Plus. You gave him a C. I'd like to know. We saw other people. Uh, J-Ruck says Gordon is a C+. Plus. Uh, Don Burr says Penny Sewell is a damn beast. Um, Bellissimo says KGA is a C plus but trending up. I agree with you on that. Definitely trending up. Cornelius says he's a C. I'd have preferred that the Bears made him a corner. Instead of a Nickelback, I would imagine what you're saying. But yes, I think he's going to be playing a lot of both positions. So
2: I re, I remember I remember Aldo. Uh, I did. A, I don't know if I sat in for Dan. I think when it was took a week off or something, went on vacation somewhere, and I sat in for him on Aldo's show. And um, he asked me that specifically. And this is at that. This is probably at that that mark where he was looking at his. As bad as he could be, in this in that in this defense, and he asked me spe- specifically, should he sit? Should they sit, Kyler Gordon? I said, hell no, and I'm gonna tell you why, and I'm gonna tell everybody in this in this chat why. There, and I know this because I played exactly the same job as Kyler Gordon. I had to play outside. I had to play inside, and there is no way to simulate what you have to learn at that job. There is so many things that you have to learn and see, right. to be, so to just to be able to put the uh, put the armor on yourself, and so that the second time when you see a guy, they can't pull that same shit on you, or you see that right. same formation, they can't pull that same shit on you. Kyler right. Gordon already at this point in the season is a completely different football player than he was at the first four games or so. Right, he's got to see a lot before right. he can become good and very good at that position and he's just learning it right now and i'm telling you moving forward as he learns this stuff and puts all this stuff in his memory banks and learns to defend himself against what they're trying to do to him add a a, a defensive front that can get pressure you're going to see some great shit out of that dude then you're going to start seeing the kyler gordon that we drafted he's just yep. right now he's just putting he's just putting all that shit, it's just cachet for him right now he's just learning If you remember, uh, or no, man,
0: I made like a little video in the beginning when we started doing Bears Country podcast about him, how I thought he could possibly be a Hall of Famer. So, one day, maybe one day, we'll see. Who's the next quarterback that we want to talk about here? Because what's it? Jackson never made the team. You you were a big fan of Lamar Jackson, right? I was a big and,
2: fan of Lamar Jackson.
0: And you made me a big fan of him too, but he's not on the team anymore. If
2: I recall. I think, I think, his he, I think he hit his, I think he hit his apex in this, in this defense and somehow yeah. or another he tailed off. And I don't think it had anything to do with his performance on the field because he never really got a chance to play. I think he right. uh, tailed off in practice. Another big guy that we were
0: talking about then was Jalen Johnson or Jalen Jones. I mean, and, uh, Jalen Jones, what's your grade on Jalen Jones? You know, so far
2: as average. in the very limited time he's played, average. Average for a rookie, and, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm putting him in the same category as uh as Kyler Gordon. They're just rookies, man, and they're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't see anything with uh with e- any of these corners functionally that they can't perform at a higher mm-hmm. level when. Everything get, gets better around them Where the, when the defensive front gets better and them just learning what they have to do on a pro level to be able to perform at a high level as a cornerback. I don't see anything with either one of those guys functionally that they can't perform. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a I think he's a really good player. I think he's average right now because he doesn't know enough. Exactly. I give an incomplete.
0: Impressive last two games. You're right, barely Simo, but I, I give it incomplete on the, so far on the season. I'm more There's, impressed
2: with Blackwell than I am with Jalen Jones right now. Exactly. So am I. Which we can talk about him. What's your grade on him? I give him a B. I think he overperformed. I mean,
0: it's only what one game. Yeah. Kind of hard to grade him after that, but
2: I definitely give him a fucking B or a B plus on that. You're he damn right. He did, Cornelius. He, he overperformed, man, for his uh for what was asked of him in the in the in a clutch situation. I mean, mm-hmm. dude just threw him in there, said, "Hey, I need you to replace Kyler." And man, if, if he didn't perform, then I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at because mm-hmm. he he outperformed Kyler to be honest with you at the position. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just being straight up 100 with you. He played better than Kyler did, but you know mm-hmm. that's a that's one of those uh, when you're on the sidelines looking at everything and. Critiquing all, oh, man. If I was in that position, I would have did this. I would have did that. He has mm-hmm. the uh, he has the the benefit of sitting there and watching and being healthy all season too, and not having to make those tackles. He's he's got he had a lot going in his favor. So good for him, man. I give him a B. Uh, Cliff, you say hire Vic uh, Vic Fangio again?
0: I, my my buddy says we should. He swears that we should just fire get uh Iberflus after the season and make Getsey the head coach and then bring back Vic Fangio as our defensive coordinator. Any thoughts on that? Just as a quick side note, anybody? anybody hey, talk, have any thoughts on that? Talk to the chat for a couple of minutes. I gotta run to the back. Oh damn, you gotta go drain the water. Right, you guys, man. You I would love to know I would love to know what you guys think on that question. If the Bears just said, listen. Moving forward, we believe that the, if Ryan Pohl said, we believe that moving forward, the best opportunity for the Bears to succeed is if we promote Luke Getze to head coach and fire Matt Eberflus after this season and then give all the promotional aspects to the head coach in uh, Luke Getze. I would like to know what your guys' thoughts on that, in chat are right now and in the comments when this video is over if you're listening to it uh, later. Because I found that to be a, a very interesting question. So STC says, keep the coaching staff as is. Cliff Victoria says, guess he hasn't earned head coach yet. Has his play calling not earned it? I guess the ultimate question comes down. Getz,ie Sami says Getsy has one year of play calling. Um, Cliff, Victoria says I'm not a fan of Williams. Quist, uh, Cornelius says Hell no. I'm back. And I'm not saying that they should do this. That no, Matt, that they should fire Eberflus after the, after the end of the season and make uh, Getsy the head coach. But it's an interesting thought just to have as a fan, just to like ponder. Well. Let's just say we let let's just fast forward three years from now. The Bears are, or let's let's go two years from now. The Bears are the hottest team in the fucking league, right? They are killing it. They lose Eber or uh to a head coaching position. He goes to I don't know, fucking whatever. Dallas. He goes back to Green Bay, let's say. Let's make it worse. He goes back to Green Bay. We keep Eberflus, and he, he stays mediocre. Maybe his ego gets too, to be too big for him, and he doesn't actually continue the development of, of fields yet. Getzi moves on, goes back to Green Bay, let's say, and develops redevelops Jordan Love. Let's just make this a scenario. Wouldn't you think at that time, two years from now, huh, we should have just hired fired Eberflus and made Getzi the head coach? And I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying like sometimes there are there are, are moves that you need to make as a team, regardless of how ridiculous that they feel in the moment. Like, for example, I thought, and I was wrong, but if the Bears would have just fired John Fox and made Gase the head coach at the time, what would have what would that have done for Cutler and that team? What would it have done for you know what was going on that on that team offensively at the time? Would have would it have made him better? Would he have collapsed like he did with the Jets? I don't know. But it seemed to be that there was something good going there with that OC. And if we have a situation like this, hypothetically speaking, what would you guys as fans want to do if if it came down to losing Getsey as offensive coordinator? and having a lame duck head coach for the next couple of years until he was fired and not really knowing what Getse would become, or take the chance on getting rid of Eberflus after this season and just going, oh, I'm pushing all my chips into this Getse guy because I believe he's going to be the one that's going to develop this quarterback and help this offensive system grow into the future. Thoughts? I me. Let me. Um, it's, it's a I'm, few I'm, I know I'm on a ledge. I'm sorry, Nomad. I know I'm on a ledge, barely. I'm just saying, I'm presenting a question that a friend gave to me, and I'm just trying to put it out there as a devil's advocate thought to things, not anything that I believe in, just something for all of us to
2: ponder. What if? Sorry, Nomad. Go ahead. Well, there's a there's a few ways to think about everything you just said, <clears throat> and right. I want to touch a few. All of them. Uh, Getty, there's one thing, and I and I said this to somebody. I don't know who I said it to, but there's one Just, thing to have the ability you, to, to unlock a quarterback and and turn him into what you what everybody believes he can be. That's one thing. It takes a whole other man to be able to command the locker room and get the right. respect to respect everybody in there and have them perform for you on that team. That's two right. completely different things. Not saying that guess he doesn't have the uh the the wherewithal to be able to do that. I don't know him as a man. I, I can't say, but that's a whole other thing. Put that to the side. Now, when we're talking about uh, and I heard a whole bunch of Vic Fangio before I ran into the bathroom. And let me tell you something. There's there's some elite uh defensive coordinators in this league, and the only way you can become elite. As a as a coordinator in this league is when you have elite talent. I don't care what defense you're running, but in that three four, Vic Fangio is the best there is in the business at running that defense when he has the talent. Right. Four three. There's a there's about a school of four coaches that come to my mind right off the bat that I think are elite. Ibraflus is one of them. Uh, Todd Bowles is another. Uh, What's the guy's name? And he's just got fired from Minnesota. He's another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Leslie Frazier. Those guys are elite at running a 4-3 defense. And Lovey Smith, too. You can put him in there as an honorable mention when he's got the talent. And so think about all that. You know, you know, when people start giving, you know, uh, Allen Williams all that hell, it's not really warranted because he doesn't have the talent. You know, well, dude, I think that you – know, I- even the hell when he gets the talent and he still underperforms as a coordinator. I, I think that a lot of that thought came from that Dennis thought hours. process. That's true, too. I'm sorry. I think that a lot of thought that,
0: that came from that thought process from my friend was, we're not that far off from still being a, a 3-4 team. So if we were just to hire, like, just upgrade, get C to head coach, go get Vic Fangio, make him our defensive coordinator again, that we could just keep him for the next 10 years. And we we're, we're not that far off from being, you know, another 3-4 team because we could put Gibson at a at a at a 3-4 outside linebacker. He might be better there, like we talked about. I mean, just little things too, just a little side notes I was adding while you were taking a a leak. Um I kind of want to get back into the players here. So we were at linebacker last, or no, actually, we're on linebacker now. So I want to know your thoughts on Roquan Smith is gone.
2: What's your thoughts on first on Nicholas Morrow? Solid B, solid B. My man has been solid. He's been available. He, uh, he's. If I had to pick and be critical of something, sometimes he get a little opposition and gets a little washed down and can't get off the block a little bit. But every linebacker in the league has that problem to a certain extent. You know, but for for what he's been asked to do, he's transitioned from the middle linebacker to the Mike linebacker, and really it's been no no tail off there. So right. you got to give him, you got to give him credit for 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 credit's sake, he deserves some credit for what they've what he's put on the table, and I think he's been solid. I completely agree with you. I think he's been solid as a one year pickup.
0: Um I'm going to give him a. B plus for the versatility that he's had kind of playing both petitions because when the bears are playing a two, a two down linebacker set, you know, Ro, uh, Roquan was playing the middle linebacker and he was playing the, 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 uh, the will. So once we lost, I, I think that was one of the main reasons why the bears thought if we trade Roquan, we can still get the same production out of the tackle position on paper the sack position on paper and the interception position on paper with Jack Sandborn. And this proved to actually be the case. And really Morrow is more suited to me. As if I think you can all agree as a, a well linebacker. Carlissimo says most defenses nickel now being three, four or four, three isn't so much of a thing. If you need two DTs, who can penetrate gaps and split doubles? You need two edge who can rush and bend the edge, linebacker or defensive end. So he's giving Morrow a, a, a D minus. I mean, that's going to – he's underwhelmed. I, I, I'm giving him a, a, a B plus because of what he has done on a one-year contract in this system with Roquan being removed from the situation and him having to move in with a rookie undrafted player, I'm not saying that they should necessarily re-sign him, although I think they probably should, because he's familiar with the system. But I don't think he has underperformed any of my
2: expectations. Like, what do you think about him, Nomad? Well, before I we – t- we t- we're still talking about more, right? Yeah, you gave him a B. Right. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I think the entire linebacker core is uh, – I think they're, they're mostly all backups, with the exception of Sanborn. Um, and I think Sanborn is not – I don't think he's the answer at middle linebacker f- overall. I think he's he'll make a great Sam more than a uh, – a great mike linebacker because what i've noticed during the games if they've they've made an effort to keep sanborn out of one-on-one situations as much as possible because that's when we'll know what sanborn really he is the he's the bomb at going forward and filling lanes and making tackles he that's that motherfucker is excellent at that but what we don't know really is how well he will perform when you have a a double a gap blitz I mean not a double a gap blitz. when you got stunting going on and you got blitzes coming from other places he's forced to, to be one-on-one on a running back coming out of the backfield or somebody in the slot you don't know what he's going to look like down the field so they've done a good job of keeping him out of those situations and that's really to me how you determine whether or not you have a starting middle linebacker or a will linebacker is how they perform in those situations he's been great Aside of that, I mean, going forward and making tackles and filling the, filling the runs, man, dude, is outstanding. Mm-hmm. But there's more to it than that.
0: I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna agree with retro and say that he's more that more Hunter or will than Briggs or Urlacher, kind of like you're saying. But I'm not gonna say that he's, he's definitely not a Briggs, but he's not an Urlacher either. But he has that ability to eat up space when you're seeing all of the the plays come at you and all of the blocking schemes that are going on, he somehow has the ability to constantly find that space in between everyone. And those are the kinds of things that make an excellent instinctive football player. And those are the things that I think that, that go unmeasured when you're talking about a combine and people that get undrafted such as him and, I'm not going to say he's going to be a 10 year starter for us because I don't want to, like, you know, jump off the bandwagon or jump on this huge bandwagon of his and just seem like I'm. But I really do have a lot of high hope in him that he could be a solid player moving forward, someone that gets better and better every year. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit. We're still fucking talking about Jack Sanborn when we thought we should have been done with him three years ago. So I'm just going to say that for him, I'm giving him as an undrafted free agent who came in and basically took over a role of Roquan Smith. I'm going to give that fucking kid an A. Honestly.
1: You just know a what, solid
2: man? A. You know what, man? There's There's a and I'm, and I'm gonna be the first person to tell you because i remember uh early pods that we did and i told you because everybody <laughs> sanborn crazy and i and i said yeah man dude dude would be lucky to make the team as a special teams player he's so outperform all that shit to where you know what I, he's earned my respect i'll tell you that much and I, i'll go even a little bit further my best friend wanted to be on the podcast. Sorry, hold on. He was he was like pawing me. Can I be on the podcast, Daddy? Who's gonna not like the dog? But that's, uh that's
0: that's my best friend.
2: But he, he talk can appreciate that. Jack Sanborn is uh he my hats off to him, man. my hat's, hat's off. The only, reason, the only reason I give him a B is because in a limited, I mean in a in a in a limited defense, he has not had to do the things that i know he's going to have to do as a middle linebacker when this team gets a little bit better it's going to be times when he's in and is in a tight game and there's some audibles made at the line of scrimmage and he's going to get stuck on a guy that's that you're going to really have to run with and make a play on the ball if you are to get out of that game with a win and to this point he hasn't shown me that he can do that can does he have the ability he's outperformed my expectation thus far so I'm gonna say he probably does. So he could prove me wrong about that, but I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. We talked about
0: Jack Sandbar in the beginning of this, you know, in training camp and stuff, and you were you were thinking he couldn't do that, you know, the sand position or that the uh, yeah, the sand position. And I was agreeing with you, but I, I was thinking that he could be in a mic, and here we are, you know, 14 episodes later. And He's clearly playing the mic well, so I'm not going to – there's nothing that I'm going to say negative about Jack Sandbar right now. I, I don't want to get uh,
2: beat up on the streets when I go out to get milk. Not that I drink milk, but, you know. Only thing, only thing worries me about that guy is he's going to fucking kill himself because he's just that. He just doesn't – he has no care or concern about his, his, his health or well-being. That motherfucker <laughs> – that motherfucker run into a train if they told him to, man. He's <laughs> that motherfucker's neck is a is a foot wide, man. Look, you see that? <laughs> it's like that wide. Like he's gonna kill himself in there, but he's built for it, man. No, he I is, think he's, man. I think he's a Sam linebacker. I I think you're wrong. I think he's a Mike. Until they upgrade. I, really. I I think time's gonna prove that to be true. Could be, man. But I, I really think he's a. He's going to be a great Sam linebacker. If he ends up playing the mic, you won't be mad, but they're going to definitely upgrade at that spot, man. So people are getting – I know Sam Bourne is playing his ass off right now, but they're going to get more linebackers in there that can play the mic and the wheel a whole lot better. So so what's your grade on him? I'm giving him a B.
0: A B. Okay, I'm going A. Everyone in chat has I'd been be giving saying, them an
2: a. I'd be giving them an A if we saw him more in coverage, but we haven't.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. But we might not need to with how they might play with him. So, all right, so that's middle linebacker. But wait, we, we actually we could and there's nothing else to talk about linebacker, right? And it's pretty so uh, what's next. Defensive line, huh? Oh boy. Let's get into the fucking defensive line, guys. What do you think of Ma- Akim Muhammad, whatever the fuck his name is?
2: You want me to let me let me jump fact, on this?
0: I want to know your grade on this guy because I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you this F. F. It's right. It's right there. I just wrote
2: it down. Uh, effort is just no effort at all he don't give a fuck and he's just awful player now nah, I think something's going on with him physically and and all you have to do is look at his his film and see what he's been able to produce on film and look at what he's done thus far this year and to me I, that's the only thing I can come away with is his I don't think he's the the kind of guy that's gonna just quit and not put forth the effort I don't think he's that kind of guy at all i think he's he's struggling with something and so i'm just gonna give him that benefit of doubt, doubt I'm, I'm gonna give him a d minus <laughs> i'm not gonna give him an f because you have to you have to you have to suck a homeless ass not to be you have to be awful man <laughs> but if you <clears> were going <throat> to give them the benefit of the doubt wouldn't you be him like a incomplete <laughs> no nah, i he's, he's i mean he's put it out there on the field maybe he shouldn't be out there you know, but yeah. since he's out there, you know, you, this is what he got on tape. And he probably he, he's probably hurt, man. And just keeping it on low. That, that happens a lot. All right. We got a Justin
0: Jones is a B plus and Dominic Robinson is a B plus. And Armon Watts is a B minus, and The rest are D lower from Barely Simo. So let's just get into the next uh, defensive end. And let's talk about uh, what's uh, Gibson.
2: And he's he's the most he's the most disappoint, disappointing player on this team. But go ahead, give me your grade on it. I'm gonna give Gibson
0: a a D. He did he did shit for me this year. I expected more out of him coming out of that uh, more familiar position from college. You know what he played most of his life. Going into a three four, coming back into a four three, I expected more from him this year and the fact that he outshined muhammad i was not expecting that i thought muhammad would have a better season than he did
2: i thought he would transition back into it and he hasn't he gives a big solid d man big solid d and i i, I didn't not i did not expect him to come into this season and i'm i'm telling you this because he put things on film that showed me that he could at least get off of blocks and shed blocks and keep pressure going forward to the quarterback and get there and at least get the uh hurry on the quarterback. He's not even doing that, mm-hmm. and so that tells me that he's he's met he's uh plateaued at, at defensive end and a 4 3 and he's out of position. That's what it tells me. It tells me he should be in some other position. That means scoot him on the inside. And at least see what he can do from an inside tackle position. Before, because he is not—he's not, not going to be on this team this year, next year, unless they slide him on the inside, and by the grace of God, he just decides to tear it up at maybe a three-tech position. Other than that, he will not be on this team next year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He might not be, or he could be just a
0: transitional backup player from the. Some of the talent for the pickup in the draft
2: no you can do better backups than that at, no man he, wow. if you're going to leave him at dn he can't be on this team you gotta got you gotta have guys that can get to the quarterback and he mm-hmm. has not been sufficient and he has not he doesn't know what a fucking quarterback smells like man <laughs> no shit he doesn't know anymore he used to know what it smelled like but not no more i don't know if he gained too much weight naturally or what it, whatever it is is he's he's definitely out of position in the fourth three. For certain, I know that. Let's talk about Armin Watts.
0: What do you think about him? We we did a little show on him in the beginning of the year. We were excited to get him. And here we are after you know a ten a three and tens
2: bye week. Where do you feel about Armin Watts moving forward? I think I think he's a B minus, man. I think if when we start talking about guys that can uh, make this team next year and at least be a rotational piece he's one of the guys that that just uh, just stick out like a sore thumb to me because Mm -hmm. i see the flashes i see Mm -hmm. him being able to come in and produce you know Mm -hmm. part-time and and get those pressures on the quarterback when they're screaming defensive end coming coming off the edge and yeah i think he's a he's somebody you want to keep He's someone that I
0: think that if you had someone paired next to him, could be a pretty damn good player.
2: Uh, I'm giving him a B. See, right, right now, shorty, what, what's going on with Watts? He's he's playing. All right, you, do you do you know what the defense looks like? Defensive front looks like in Indy? Um, vaguely. Okay, let's just say the uh, the interior guy, the, the tackles. You got, of course, my favorite is DeForest Buckner. And then mm-hmm. you have Grover Stewart, the big, meaty guy that, that absorbs a lot of the double teams sometimes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the idea is if you have that, that big, meaty guy to absorb the double teams, the, the three tech has all the uh, opportunity in the world to win one-on-ones and you know make plays on the quarterback and the ball. Armand Watts somehow is that guy, and he's not really that guy you know what i'm saying exactly that's not, really, that's not where he's supposed to be playing that thank you that's supposed to be uh mike Pena, but he's they're rotating these guys all over the place they took the meat out of the lineup other than mike panell
0: right we saw that happen in the in the offseason and kind of was like wondering what are they going to do here with with this defensive line and here we are after being three and ten, we're seeing the fruits of that fruition. It's it's come true. What do you think about Mike Pinnell? What's your grade on him?
2: Giving him a B. Pinnell ain't been bad. B minus. I agree. Do. Give him a B minus. And then I yeah, mean B- he's done some, he's done a couple of boneheaded things, but you know what defensive tackle don't. Um, other than that, I mean, man, I mean he's been admirable this year, man. I can't lie to you, man. It was it was a few games when the whole defensive line just smelled like shit. I mean, looked like shit, and they smelled like it because they couldn't fucking tackle anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you get ran, they got ran over, and but given the circumstances, got to give him at least a B minus. Man, I think he's been admirable.
0: Who else is on that defensive line that we should be talking about? That we we're not we're missing um
2: Dominique Robinson. Oh yeah, Dominique
0: Jackson. Robinson. What's your grade on him?
2: I gotta I gotta I got um I gotta make sure I'm I'm correct when I speak this. Because <laughs> Dominique Robinson is Uber talented. When I say Uber talented it could be special. Yeah. I mean he's got that kind of ability what i see to be his problem watching him play football at that position is he has a he has a he has a move that he feels is dominant and it's one move speed swim or speed rip his secondary move after that gets caught the offense i mean the offensive lineman catches him on that this secondary move is not fast enough He can't transition into it fast enough to have a counter. That's what he's missing. So when he learns, and that's why I'm being easy on him, is because when he learns, and he hasn't been playing the position very long to really be savvy at it, and so when he learns better hand technique and better leverage technique and to be able to use that. Footwork and all that stuff, right? Yeah, be able to use his primary move and be able to counter with the secondary move just as fast. I mean, like, I mean the snap of my finger it needs to be that fast when he gets to that point he's gonna be almost unstoppable mm-hmm. but it's there it's there he is really close when I say he's really close I see it right there on the precipice of being something really good he's really close so what's your grade? gotta give him a C he's just average right now because he can't counter his uh primary move. I'm gonna give him a C too I would agree with you on that. All I mean, right, who's left? Ball right here, boy. Ain't we?
0: Who, the, who the hell do we have left on the defensive line? Uh, there's Angela Black- Blackson. You want
2: to talk about him? Another disappointment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I expected him to be more, uh, way more aggressive. I mean, way, way more explosive than he is in this uh, defense. So that right, as a three-tack. Oh man, dude! I think I think Iraflus thought that. Hey, you know what? I see. The potential of for a guy to be, he's got the build.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
2: got the explosiveness in this, in the 3 4 that he was playing in last year. But put him in this 4 3 and telling him to do that every play doesn't seem to be there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be there at all. Consistently do that. All you had to do is mm-hmm. put your hand in the dirt in a three point stance and go in there and rush forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he hasn't been able to do it. And so I'm giving him a D. A D disappointed that's what that means i'm gonna give him a d2
0: because of the same exact things that you said i expect to see more out of him this year at the position we talked about that in the beginning you know in training camp and all that stuff he's someone that I, we thought that could have like taken a step forward at that at that three tech and he, he never did Nope. so i'm giving him a d2 i think this is kind of helping us to line up Who we're going to start getting into with the free agency period with the Bears, who they're going to lose in free agency, as well as who's out there in free agency. And uh, I think I have a really good way to do that because I'm sure we both have to take a leak pretty soon. And we're going on two and a half hours. Why don't we... Since we're almost done here, are we done with the different? Are we done with the players?
2: Oh, wait. Who's gonna stay, defensive who's line. Gonna go. Who's all? Who Who else is on the defensive line? Um, uh, there's a there's some guys like um that that we're gonna have to see later, like Samus Reyes. Got
0: he's yeah, yeah, a,
2: yeah. As a tight end, they they trend. Yeah, try yeah.
0: We're just talking. We're just talking about like starters, or rotational starters now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now that we have gotten into that. Let's talk about what the 2023 Chicago Bears free agents are. And, Kitty, I'll let you change that. Thank you. So these are all the players that – so basically we have given the grades at left tackle. We both gave it a B B+. Left guard, B-plus to A-minus. Setter, C-plus to B-minus. Right guard, A-minus, A-minus. Right tackle, uh, anywhere from a D-plus to a B-minus. I gave him anywhere from a C-minus to an A-minus. Running back anywhere from an A-minus to a D, an A-minus to a D, or an an A to a D. Now let's talk about, like, the players that we are going to... Potentially, that they're up for contract on our own team, which is let's start off with the wide receiver position. So, and I think that what we'll do, Nomad, is we can transition this into a maybe a draft show that we can do on Last Call at Hell, Saul on Bears Country Podcast on Thursday because I don't want to leave you sitting here hanging trying to talk to everyone without a host while I have to pee.
2: So, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you do you want to sit go, here?
0: Do you want? You want to hang on? To if, you
2: if you need to, to go go, take
0: care of this, while I take a leak, man, go go take a leak. All right. Why don't you start going over this list as you see it from the players that we have? Oops, I fucked that up. That you're seeing here. Wide receiver down a tight end, a tackle, safety, right tackle, running back. Kind of like go over who you talk to people in chat. I want to know what you guys think about this wide receiver position well,
2: and the tight end position. What we'll do, what we'll do is I'll I'll run down this list while you run to the bathroom and I'll tell them to make comments based on what I say and then have you pull them back up when you come back.
0: Perfect. I'll be right back. I'm just gonna
2: take a That's piss. It. You know, I'm getting old, man. What can I say? Hey man, it happens, bro. So, the first guy guy up here is Byron Pringle. Let me tell you guys something, man. And and you guys, please let me know in these comments. Let us know in these comments if you think I'm right, if you think I'm wrong, indifferent, whatever. But I don't think he's had his proper due as far as opportunities to be able to judge whether or not he makes this team or not. Moving forward in these next few games, I think if he's given the opportunity, judge him based on that. Don't judge him based on what you've seen thus far in this season. I think Byron Pringle has a lot to bring to the table and it just hasn't been put on display. And I most certainly, I'm I'm not sure if he's gonna make the team or not, whether they have plans to move move on without him or not. I don't know, but he's one of those guys who I think can bring a lot more to the table than what's been put forward so far. So to me, I just wanna see him get opportunities and then I wanna judge him after that. So that's how I feel about Byron Pringle. Nikhil Harry, I'm pretty sure. I know what Nikhil Harry is to me. I mean, he's he's um a lot more to other people than he is to me. To me, I've seen, basically you have to be able to run a proper route tree, and to be a respected receiver in this league, and to me, he cannot run a full route tree. I'm talking about a full route tree and get separation on those routes. He just doesn't have it. He doesn't have that that diversity in his routes and be able to get the the proper separation you can get on a curl, get the proper separation you can get on a dig, proper separation on a fly. I mean, he just doesn't get it. Here and there, he gets a, a a player two where he gets a little bit of separation, but it's not much. The most you're gonna get out of Nikhil Harry is a sharp dig going across or a fly where he gets a 50-50 ball. To me, that's not that's not enough. I think a person like Brian, Byron Pringle has more to bring to the table. <clears throat> All right. Dante, okay, we got we got as far as kill Harry. You want me to go okay. back over it? That's up to you. Nope, nope nope, nope, keep going. Okay um dante pettis he's tricky because i think he brings more to the table than what the eye can see during a game if you watch by bo- i mean dante pettis in highlights it's it's not that this guy can't this guy can get separation and he can't catch the ball he can make big plays he is probably out of everybody on this I don't know. I can't call him the most underrated person because he's he's made plays in this in this offense. But I think people sleep on him a little bit. I think he's better than what people are willing to give him credit. I you think know? people are shitting on him
0: for the drops he had more so than the the good plays he's had, right?
2: Yeah. I yeah. mean, without the, without the uh drops and and the few mistakes that he made, there what could you say bad about him? What could you? Really, nothing. Honestly,
0: he had a couple of great catches in the last game. Um, he was, I think, he was injured for a little bit, but not that long, comparatively
2: speaking. People, I, I made, I made some comments about Nikhil Harry. People are mad at me about that, but I'm, I'm just willing to tell you guys right now, I've, I'm a DB, and I know what I see. And I know right, I can tell you right now, Nikhil Harry is the easiest person in this receiving room to guard. He is not complicated to guard. He matter of fact, he wouldn't get shit on me. He's really, he's got he's got tight end mobility, man. He's right. got tight end, he's got no business at receiver. He's a big all he dude. has is the catch is the is the large catch radius, right? That's it. That's yeah. it. He's the easiest person in this receiving group to guard the easiest. So out of these four wide receivers, who do you keep? Who do you leave? I'm keeping EQ for sure. I'm open to um, Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle for sure. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I'm going to go leave Byron Pringle
0: I'm going to go I'm going to go keep Nikhil Harry and Pettis and St. Brown, bring them into training camp and see what happens. Because obviously you don't know what's going to happen after the draft and free agency. So I think at least those three guys can be retained, in my opinion, uh, just to see what happens with the chemistry with Fields moving forward.
2: I, mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying about Harry. It makes sense. But let part me, of me doesn't me, want to give up that seventh round pick. You know? <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Now, what I with with that being said, everything I said about Nikhil Harry, I don't want people to think I hate Nikhil. I don't. Let me tell you, a bright side to Nikhil Harry, and and I and I'm this is with a little bit of color, but a similar guy to what Nikhil Harry brings to the table is Daz Bryant. Daz Bryant is not known for uh, being able to get hella separation on a route. He's not, but he was a hell of a, a ball player. And he made plays. And that's what I think people see in Akil Harry. They see the ability, you know, it doesn't matter if he gets a whole lot of separation. Throw the ball up there, he can just go get it. I know right. what you guys mean by that. He can body people out. But I don't think he's near as fleet footed as, uh, as Des Bryant. And to me, I think he's just easy to cover.
0: I can agree with you on that assessment from that perspective as a cornerback, defensive back, covering him. Yeah. Probably why he's been a healthy scratch for a lot of the games,
2: right? Man, he he's like like Shaq said, he's like barbecue chicken to to, to DBs. He's like, yeah, we finna eat on him. He's easy. What do you guys
0: think about uh, this? I mean, tight end is pretty much not worth even talking about, right? We're I don't see Ryan Griffin sticking around. They might draft someone to develop behind commit they, They're going to sign another free agent or two, maybe an undrafted free agent, maybe. The guy who they the undrafted free agent who was on the practice squad steps up next year. It's just kind of like, yeah, let's not even talk about tight end. That yeah. tackle position, Riley Reef is getting up there in age. Uh, do you think he sticks around with the team next year? I probably not, right? Let's go back to our grades on tackles.
2: Riley Reef,
0: yeah. yeah, you yeah. gave Riley Reef a B, I gave him a B. Uh, maybe as an insurance policy, he sticks around. Ah, nope. Larry nope. Borum, do you think Larry Borum makes the team next year? Is he a, mm-hmm. that kind of gets into the draft, right? And free agency. So, I mean, is he on the is he a bubble player going in next year? Is the question, I guess.
2: I think, I think, uh, Larry Borum has a, has a little staying ground. Because we've seen him at different spots, I think it's worth. Unless you can find another uh, swing tackle, I think that's what they reject Larry Borum to be. He's not a starter, but he's a guy that can that can you can put in a game and get you out of a game. That's what a swing mm-hmm. tackle does. Somebody gets hurt, I, I need to know that you're capable at each end. Who is that trying to trying to bet me? <laughs> sophisticated thoughts, no man. Friendly bet. Harry Oppenford's and Pringler for the rest of the season. So you you want to bet? I'll take that bet. You want to bet? You want to bet that Nikhil Harry outperformed Byron Pringle? I would say I'm going to go along with sophisticated
0: thoughts and say I would take that friendly bet to say that Harry outperforms
2: Pringle the rest of the season. Yes. Dude, here's the thing. They play they play uh, teams. Before you, before you jump out on that, walk the plank with the blindfold and cigarette let me tell you something they play They play a couple of defenses they play some defenses that are hell on you as far as pass rushing goes and running running the ball there's going to be a lot of breakdowns justin fields is going to have to uh encounter and the king of the breakdown and keeping yourself alive when when the play breaks down is hands down byron pringle So if you feel safe making that bet, you go ahead, brother. Put your your wager up there.
0: Let's just go down the lot, the list here, guys. Everyone in chat, I want to know what you think. Byron Pringle, keep or leave. Byron Pringle, keep or leave. Look at the list here, guys, in chat, and let me know what you think. Byron Pringle, keep or leave. Nikhil Harry, keep or leave. Dante Pettis, keep or leave. EQ, keep or leave. Rose or thorn as Kitty would like to call it rose or thorn is he is it a rose or a thorn on your side I'm keeping him. Eq I'm keeping him to, so for me I'm keeping I'm, I'm getting rid of Byron I'm keeping the keel Dante is a wait and see Eq I'm gonna keep Ryan Griffin no Riley reef I might
2: all the tight ends, all the tight ends can go minus I mean they, they're replaceable. All of them are guy, just guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the tight ends, other than other than Cole Komet, man, they just guys. Yeah. Uh
0: John obviously DHC is a keep. Bobby Massey, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what year is this? What the fuck? I I, I, I how is Bobby Massey on this
2: list? There's no Bobby Massey on the fucking bears. You got it, you got a hybrid roster. Am a, I wrong you, here? You got a 2016 slash 2022.
0: It's got Nathan <laughs> Peterman hybrid. on the fucking list. This can't be wrong. <laughs> like a wolf dog or something. <laughs> you can't count on anything on in the fucking internet these days, right? <laughs> Fake news. Uh Nicholas Morrow. Nicholas Morrow. Uh, I He'll think he's someone backup. you... He'll be a yeah. backup. Matthew Adams, goodbye. Probably. Joe Thomas.
2: Probably gone.
0: Probably gone. Dakota Dozier, goodbye, my friend. I don't know. I don't know, but... No, he's, he's gone. Oh, bullshit. Uh, the, the, uh, Patrick Scales.
2: Now, come on, let's just he, go through that shit. Yeah, Patrick Scales <laughs> is going to stay. Javon White, we haven't seen all year. He's gone. Damn, he looked good, though, in preseason. Schofield, yeah. is he, is he going to stick around? You know what, man? That, you know, I'm going to tell you something about Michael Schofield. The whole city wanted to put his head on a pike when he played <laughs> right, know, right. When he played right guard, he sucked. Bad. <laughs> I mean, real bad. But when we yeah. put him over at left t- at left guard, what did the he do? The world changed, didn't it? That was he played his ass off over there.
1: Uh, so, if, so if
2: you if you entertaining any of the any of the um let white hair go and give some of these other guys a chance, maybe you give Tyree Carter a chance, but you back him up with a way cheaper Michael Schofield. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Keep keep Schofield. What about Dieter? Keep him, right? Dieter is the most probably. He's probably the most intriguing guy on the team for as far probably. as the base goes. Yeah, I'm intrigued by him. Um, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier in the show. It's more to playing center than blocking people and doing right. that kind of shit. It's very cerebral.
0: Line calls, right? Yes, All you, have, that shit.
2: you have to. You have to understand it. And know how to adjust to what the fuck is happening in front of you. Maybe he hasn't reached that plateau yet. And not saying that he can't be a player some someday and somewhere, but right now, according to what they've been seeing, maybe he's not there yet. It's the quarterback of the offensive line. You gotta so, know what the fuck's going on and be able to adjust to it and make the right, right call.
0: Right. If if you're not if you're not a good quarterback of the offensive line, you're not going to be a good quarterback of the offensive line. And we think that he has what it takes to be that. Just needs to get some time learning that because he's so green to it. Right. So definitely keep him.
2: Kari Blazing Game. What do you think about him? If we're going to move forward in the West Coast offense, which is what we ran the first four games of the season, and it's not currently what we're running out of most of the time. It's mostly the RPO system that that runs out of Baltimore. If we're gonna use the West Coast system, a certain percentage of the time he is he is necessary. Unless you see another fullback somewhere that can give you more in a Kari Blasing game, we need a fullback.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, is that something that might be an upgrade for you moving forward? I don't. I don't. I mean, I haven't seen enough of them. I. Kyrie Blackson game is fine to me thus far. So keep.
0: Keep him. Kyrie Blazing, Kyrie, Kyrie Blazing game is a keep for me, I'm sure he is for you. Yeah. Travon Wesco, I think. You it's a keep for you.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Out of all this, uh, the uh backup tight ends, he's the one because of what he can do in the um, blocking game.
1: hmm
2: Yeah, he has shown a lot
0: in the limited time he's been on the team since they picked him up. They value that on this team. I think Mike Pinnell and Armin Watts. I think we can both agree are a keep, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Angelo Blackson. Not no, wait a minute. Maybe not Mike Pinnell. Mike Pinnell is he's probably going to get replaced yeah. by uh, somebody like uh, a <laughs> Alvin Tomlinson or somebody like that. He's he's not going to be here. But oh, well, he well, might he might be a camp body at the very least, right? I doubt it.
0: No? Okay. Mm-mm. I think he might be. Armin Watts, I think, is gonna stick around. What do you think about Armin Watts?
2: Definitely. I think he's a rotational guy. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna play in this in this defense in some shape or form. I mean, maybe not where he's at right now. I think he'll be a more productive player once they get better players. I agree. I 100% agree. I think if you could
0: stick a if – if you could put a Jalen Carter next to him, I think it would make him explosive because of the opportunities he would get from the double teams and stuff from the other side. Or Not a Hall a- of Famer or, or a – yeah, but just explosive. He could be a really good explosive like, rot- rotational player. we I mean, could be very helpful for us. Sorry to interrupt you. Go
2: ahead. I was saying maybe a DeForest Buckner. You know, he he'll, he'll transcend. I know everybody's going to be like, well, he's under contract in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is on his way to the shitter, so we'll see what happens there.
0: <laughs> That's true. I mean, they are um, for for everything that Chris Ballard has done in Indianapolis. Yes, fuck. I mean, it's not his fault. No, And Drew Luck retired on him, but. The, the the quarterback situation has been atrocious there. I'm actually kind of sad to see that uh, Reich lost his job as the head coach of that team because of the circumstances that he's been given. Because I think he was a good head coach. I I, I really can't believe that they fired him midseason like that. That's kind of a joke to me.
2: Well. Can I let me get two cents in because I've been waiting on this conversation all night. And this is what I what, this is what I talk about when I when I was talking to you earlier about the connections. The connections that Ibrafus has to Indianapolis is going to be tremendous when this thing falls apart, which I think is going to happen in Indianapolis. I think they're going to be regime change and there's going to be guys that are going to want to want out. They're not, They're not going to want to be part of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And here's what I think is going on. Frank Wright deserves all of the criticism when it comes to the quarterback, and that's the only thing that has uh, handicapped and hamstrung these guys. They have, they had a. a to me, I was I was ready to uh, anoint them to the Super Bowl with what, right. I, what I saw on film. If they had the right quarterback, right? Frank Wright went into the All Season. Last Probably year. pounding on the table for each quarterback, right? He pounded on the table for Carson fucking Wentz. Okay, enough said. Carson Wentz, when the when the moment is tight and the and all the chips are in the middle of the table, that motherfucker gets cross-eyed and pigeon-toed and can't hit the side of, side of a fucking barn. This dude, when it, when you need it most, he is gonna fail you. And he he's a locker room cancer. He got on the table for Carson Wentz. Not only Carson Wentz, he got back on the table for Matt Ryan. And what did that cost him? Well, no, let's go back. It's
0: it was before Carson Wentz, it was another aging quarterback who was about to retire. And what's his name from San Diego? Philip Rivers.
2: He was better than both of them put together.
0: He was, but still, you're, you're like he he thought the team was so written. Why the fuck are we talking about Indy? But he thought that he thought the team was so ready. We can just instantly add uh, Phillips Rivers to the conversation, and we can win. his, you know get to the playoffs. That didn't work, and he's been like trying to hamper the team with all of these veteran quarterbacks. When he needs to just, I shouldn't say hamper because if if you think you have a winning window, you're going to want to do that, right? But it hasn't worked out for him. And I, I love Chris Ballard. I hope he doesn't lose his job over this because I, I think he's done a really good job. He was just given a shitty end of the stick with luck retiring. And
2: that sucks for him. I, I want to get to uh sophisticated thoughts as a statement up there. I want to get to that real quick and I don't want to keep you on here longer than you want to be. But listen, man, th- there's a thing that happened in Indianapolis. I thought, I thought they had a two, three year window. I thought they were running back short at one time, and then they got uh, number 28. I forget him; his name. Miles Miles Sanders? No, no, that's um, that's 26 in Philly. Um, oh. Whatever his name is, they got him. I, okay, they're right yeah. there. Now all they got to do is get the quarterback. They came up short every time, but that's going to happen. I don't think any of this is Chris Ballard's fault, I don't think. I think mm-hmm. that dude is a hell of a – a team builder, and this dude can draft his ass off, I don't think mm-hmm. they do themselves a favor by by uh, letting him go. If they do, it's going to be to benefit somebody else. But Iberfuss put put together a championship defense in uh, Indianapolis, and some of those guys are not going to want to be a part of a rebuild, which, is, which looks like what they're heading towards, and they're going to mm-hmm. want out. And I'm looking at DeForest Buckner as one. So you think that
0: they're – they would want to trade him or cut him or what do you,
2: what are your thoughts on attaining him? There's a couple of schools of thought of thought that comes, that comes with him because I've seen arguments about, okay, they can just cut him, and it might cost them this against the salary cap, or they could just, you know, just different things. I don't know how any of that shit really works, but I know that they're going to have respect for him. And if he, he goes to the GM and says, you know what, man, hey, I appreciate everything that you guys have brought to the table and the opportunities you provided me for, with. But mm-hmm. I, I wanna, they're gonna wanna follow Iberfus. They're gonna wanna mm-hmm. follow Iberfus. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be a few guys, him being one, he may be one of those salary cap situation. They just release him. He <laughs> might He might be one of those guys. How do you feel about
0: the hits principle at this point in the season? Do you think that the, uh, the Forrest Bunkner, Buckner is someone who is so bought into that that he would jump ship to come to the Bears if, if given the chance? Or do you feel like that's, you know, after this many games that it's like, it's it still working?
2: He's a witness, uh Shorty. He's seen what yeah. happens when it comes together. And he knows right. that that coach knows what he's doing. And he, and he's looking over here before. Let's just say if we didn't have Justin Fields and they yeah, right. seeing and them seeing they, they watch the games just like everybody else, and they right. see how competitive these dudes are without the right the right personnel here. They see right. how competitive this team can be. These, we had no business being in some of these games, but it's it's the competitive nature of this team. And being willed by a quarterback that's transcendent you don't think they see this stuff like we do and you Come can on. take that a step a step further by saying we had no business to be in some of these games yet we should have mo- uh, won most of those Trans-game. games yeah you can say that same thing at the, in the same breath you can say that and so you think these guys that, that play the game they don't see that right they the, these guys know what eber brings to the table and they know what happens if everybody buys into what he's doing and what he brings to the table take take what he's saying to the nth degree and give me your best effort and if all 11 guys do that we got something special they've witnessed that you don't think they want to play in that again i think you
0: said it yourself uh once it was the name of a show on Paris country podcast the biden is 53 men deep oh yeah something or other there was another phrase line to that, like and it worked. It was real. You could tell that the buy-in was there. And you to what you're saying, right now the buy-in is still there. They are in every game they're playing. You know that these next four games, they're not gonna come out there trying to lose. They're going to fuck. We're probably gonna lose. There's gonna be a game here, where we're gonna lose another draft position, even though we lost one overnight. About playing a game that this team is going to upset, either a team who is looking past them because of their record, or just flat out uh, the buy-in proving to be the reason why that they're winning. And if if that is the reason, if it's the buy-in and not the overlooking of the team, you know, looking at this three and ten team, going, "Oh shit, we're playing so and so next." Then that is the true sign of a winning team and how you build an organization moving forward. And when you are going to end the season, you want it to be on a high. And if you can get one or two, let's say just let's just say they beat the fucking Bills. What is that gonna that's gonna piss off a huge portion of the fan base, but it's gonna make another huge portion of the fan base go, Holy shit, we just beat the fucking Bills. And that's going to do the same thing for the team. And moving forward, everyone's going to, and, and that side of the man, of the mind frame, such as the team and those fans who think that way, are going to be, that's going to move the team forward to the next season going, look, we just beat the Bills when they were trying to make, they were going into the playoffs as one of the hottest teams, one of the best teams. Or, I mean, shit, if they could even beat the Bills and the Eagles, or if they can just, Sneak out a win against the Lions just to shut Don Burr up. That'd be fine.
2: But Hold no on. matter what it is, if they get <laughs> one more win out of this season, it's going to be something positive. Hold on, Shorty. Let me help you out here. <clears throat> because I want to challenge any and, and anybody in this chat, including you, Shorty. Anybody, if anybody can literally tell me, with all these losses, all these losses, Give me one game in one situation where you have literally seen these guys flinch. Give me one game. Give me one game where you seen I give. Nope. Exactly. I can't. exactly. That's called buy-in.
0: There's only two games that I can think of that that they weren't pragmatically in it from a certain point. Like that would be the the first Packers game, and that would be the, the Jets game. Every other game that they lost, they should have or could have easily won, if not for a couple of bad calls or, you know, just, it's it's an NFL season. That's how it goes. For every other fucking team, too. It's not just our team. So, you're right. I mean, it, they were in every single game. And, and the, the, the Jets game,
2: I mean, I Be think much. it's just uh, – B minor yeah. says Dallas. i mean, I would beg the difference. I think they took a. I think they took a big shot to the chin, open-handed right hand to the chin, and hit them back harder.
0: Then they just came back like. What was it? Twenty-eight something. They came back.
2: They just took a big shot to the. They scored like twenty-eight points in like. Two that would quarters. be that would be the game I would circle as my example that they don't flinch. Exactly. That would be the game. And if you look at the, the, you know, the games for
0: like the Packers game that they lost with the goal line stance, the the fucking commanders game. In fact, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, which was the highest, like the best, the best game or the worst game or the highest point, the worst point. And for me, I'm going to say that it's a toss between the commanders game and the dolphins game. When, uh, Chase Claypool had the no call on the PI at the end of the game. It was clearly a PI, and they were driving down. And they were, they were, being a fan in the stadium, you could feel the momentum there, and you knew that if you, they were just going, they were clicking, 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 like we're gonna, we're gonna win this game. I was sitting there right with, right there with Aldo to my right, and we're gonna win this fucking game. And the PI no call, we lose it. Bullshit. The Commanders game, the fucking defensive line, or uh, they were in the on the goal line. The offense was on the goal line. What three times in that game and could not score. The Packers game, the first Packers game, they were on the line and they could not score. Even though he technically Justin Fields did score on the the quarterback sneak. These are, I mean, right there. There's three wins. We're six and. Whatever the fuck we'd be, I have terrible math.
2: But add three more wins to that, it'd be six and seven, right? Yeah. Let me let me frame this up the right way because I don't think people fully understand what they're seeing right now. I don't think they, I don't think they fully appreciate what is being put forward, what is being put on the table right now. We're talking about a team full of C players. Right. You have a few. You have a few guys that are that are potentially blue chip guys this team but the rest let's of these th- guys in totality is they are a c level roster and they're taking they're going toe-to-toe with dogs man dogs let's, i'm talking about take big old giant pit bulls and and freaking massives on this yeah. list is a bunch of one-year players man these dudes that tells you everything you need to know about what they are establishing as a foundation These dudes are going to be crazy good. When you Mm -hmm. put talent in replacement. a lot of these dudes, you are scrolling down on the screen will not be there. And they're going to replace them with quality caliber football players that can get you over the hump. When they put that, you add talent to what they are establishing as a culture. Dude, and you have a quarterback that don't want to let you flinch. Mm -hmm. He's not going to let you flinch. dude. we in, we in store for something fucking special. And I'm telling you that out of my soul, everybody in this chat, you my, don't understand quite what they have put together. These dudes are uh, going to be special when they get town. Hundred percent agree with you. Uh, not, uh,
0: no man. Let's 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 finish off this. Def, uh, our our free agents that the Bears are coming up to in in twenty. The actual team we have. Uh, we were last talking about Angela Blackson. So we have Taco Charlson down to Sam Musaffer, and then we let's let's kill this show. We can continue talking about this on a different show uh, with getting us into the um, the draft picks and stuff that in our in our draft position because it has changed. And we can talk about that before we end the show. But we're going on three hours now, so I know Kitty is sitting over there in a different room going. Shut oh. the fuck up right now and get off the All fucking right. air. So All right,
2: let's, put a let's bow do this really
0: do. quick. So let's just talk about it really quick. Taco Charlton is a guy that I didn't I was very happily excited to see that they signed uh somewhere along in this season. And um he's he's played fairly well when he's been in the game. Um is that a guy that you keep or or retain
2: or or keep or leave? That's a guy you at least bring back and let him get in camp and let him um, compete with. You don't let him go in free agency. You you try to keep him around so he get a fair shot in camp. I, w- mm-hmm. I would keep him around just to see what happens when he got more talent around him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I would agree
0: 100%. I was very excited to see when they got him. So I think you know you got to give him another rotation in the, in the system to see what he has.
2: Dane Cruikshank's kind of been uh, disappointing, huh? I wouldn't say disappointing. I would say uh, unlucky more than anything this year because he hasn't been able to get over the injury bug, which will in turn probably cost him a roster spot. And you know, he, he's got the talent. He just can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's not a he's a good football player, especially at safety. And he's and he he hey, he has a lot to bring to the table, but. If he's going to be injured that much, why would you um, not bring somebody else and give somebody else a chance? I don't. I think his injuries are going to cost him a chance to compete for a spot.
0: I 100% agree. I think the addition of um, Hicks from in the draft. I think that's going to. He's not a cornerback, by the way. He's a safety. I, I think that he's gone. Justin Lane, he's gone. Josh Blackwell, though. That makes me put my pen in my mouth.
2: Hmm. If if he's done anything, he has warranted an opportunity to be able to come back to this team and compete in camp. If he's done nothing, he he has earned an opportunity to come play in camp and get a job. I am going to damn well agree with you on
0: that. This is going to (laughs) bring us to the... Final fucking anomaly to the entire last couple of seasons that everyone must to bitch about, Nomad. Sam Mustafer is going to be a free agent after this season. Guys, I want to know what you think in chat. Send your comments in. Do we keep Sam Mustafer? Come on,
2: Nomad. Man, listen. Sam Mustafer, year three. It's much better than the Sam must have for year one and year two. So what do you see? You see the, tra- the trajectory going which way, up or down? That's right. Up. Up. So that guy's just constantly getting better, and you listen to him talk, and I was so glad to listen to him on, on his presser today. And, you know, everybody was like, I seen somebody say, as soon as Sam must have forgotten the uh, presser, I turned it off. Listen, you did yourself a disservice, man. He went in that presser and he pointed out exactly what he knows he has, is that flaw and he's working on it. And you have a guy with that kind of mindset and everybody, even the coach says he's the toughest motherfucker out there uh-huh. that wants to get better and is willing to put in the work to get better. He didn't go on a fucking vacation to Cabo. He stayed at home and he evaluated himself. Mm-hmm. I want that dude on my team. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be the starter, but Thus far, it wouldn't surprise me if he got better and and made a run for it. I'm keeping him on my team as at least a backup. Musty is sticking around
0: on my team. Musty has proven to be a fucking he's that that reliable best friend that you have, you know, like that you know he's gonna. He's gonna come through for you when you need someone to help you move. You know, that the guy that if you don't know how to change your tire, call up Musty. He's gonna help you with that. You know, he's he's the all-reliable guy on this fucking team who is has done and by the way, nothing to prove that he is nothing but a leader on this team. And I know there's been a lot of shit talk on Musty, and it's been rightfully warranted. But that doesn't mean that you can't grow and learn within your profession, just like anyone does. You might be terrible at your job the first three years that you do it, but by year three or four, because it's, it's a difficult job, you finally get it. Imagine going out and trying to be a fucking real estate agent.
2: Cliff can tell you that, right, Cliff? Well, Hold on. He said you've been I mean, talking about Musty's mom. Hey, dude, you better yeah. watch your mouth, Cliff. She'll, she'll cactus jack your ass with a cast iron skillet right across your damn face. We about Musty's mom. <laughs> you better watch your damn mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't get uh, wait, wait, was it Musty's mom or Larry Bourne's
2: mom? or who was, who's, Whose mom was it? Uh, no, I think it was Larry Bourne's mother. She was going off, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch your man
0: she'll fuck you up uh, but I think like literally I think the time has come to stop shitting on Musty I mean the guy has proven from from undrafted free agent to this point that he warrants like nobody shitting on him anymore he might have a, a bad game or a bad play but everybody has a bad day and a bad moment and if, 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 if you can do your job fucking perfectly 100% of the time I'd like you to Give Elon Musk a call because he could probably use you. You know, so Musty has uh, exceeded expectations this year. He's, just, he's done nothing but climb the rope since he started with the team under the fucking Matt Nagy era. I'm not even going to get into that. That's, I have zero thought. Yeah, so he went from that to this. Give him a fucking break, guys. <laughs>
2: He'll, he'll end up on somebody else's team and grow into a pro bowler. That's what'll happen exactly. Don't, don't. So I say, re sign, I
0: think you agree, right? No, definitely. Well, dude, it's good. We're going on three plus hours. I don't have any much more in me than this. We had more planned. We wanted to talk about moving forward from here. Who would we sign based on these numbers from our? A and A through F grades. Who would we be looking into in into free agency? And um, just to kind of give you some examples of that, um, there. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Kitty. Uh, I have some more. So I wanted to talk about the actual free agents that are coming up, and what free agents that we can look into that might be able to replace some of these grades that. I have made, and I know Nomad has made, and I'm sure you have made too, keep track of those, because Thursday night on Bears Country Podcast, we're going to have Last Call at Hallis Hall, and if you'd like to join me, Nomad, we can finish this up, go through the players that are coming up in free agency, as well as the players that are coming up in draft, and how it pertains to our current draft position, which at this moment, sits at three, even though we haven't even played a fucking game. I, that doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, man, I'm just an idiot. So we can kind of talk
2: about all of that as well. Um, no, Matt. I'll, I'll tell you what, if the, you, you want to do that on last call, let, let Cliff and those guys get their shine on. I'll be, I'll wait in the wings and let them, let them do that thing. And if you want some additional commentary about it just just let me know that sounds good to me my friend
0: no matt i really appreciate you coming on tonight with me on the Barum network bears country podcast i mean it's long due so thank you so much for joining me tonight it's been a great conversation with you i think the chat loved it too we had a an excellent conversation about this team at our bi-week position and um just want to thank you so much
2: man as more i'm more than happy to be on here man i appreciate what we do together man i know it's it's not quite it's it's what we do is i i think it's special man because it isn't it doesn't really require thought it just right. requires a little patience and a little understanding and a little bit of let's just not step on each other and let's let's be a duo you know I think, it's, I think it works well. I think it's special.
0: I think it's special too, man. And I want to thank you again. Uh, seriously, everybody in chat tonight, you've been amazing. Thank you all so much for joining us on the Barum Network Bears Country Podcast. Don't forget, we do have another channel on Bears Country Podcast as well. I put out videos uh, every play of Justin Fields, every play of the running backs. I have all 22 videos coming out. There are a lot of work, so I plan on getting them all out for the entire season, so look forward to those. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the Barham Network and to Bears Country Podcast as well. We all love you and appreciate you so much. Without you, we would not exist. Nomad, you ready for the one, two, three Bears breakdown?
2: Do it up. It's been a while, baby. Ready? One, two,
0: three, Bears.